0: This is a dill pickle, a mighty pretty pickle, especially when he joins you at the show. We have lots of pretty pickles waiting for you at the refreshment
1: center. They're plump, tender, mouth-watering. Wouldn't one taste good right now?
2: again to halloween boutique psychotronic reviews we are part of the dark discussions network at www.darkdiscussions.com a all-genre website that has news columns uh release notices uh, and and 30 or so podcasts basically Uh, It should be a daily website that you should come to if you are interested in genre news. It is updated daily. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the Commonwealth
0: of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Doing well. How about you? Doing all right.
2: And in the state of Missouri?
3: Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing? A little tired, but rip raring to go.
2: Excellent. And in the state of Wisconsin.
4: Hello, this is Amy Shofs-Rain, usually from the Fishnets and Phantoms podcast.
2: That's right. And you can find her podcast on the Dark Discussions Network as well. So once again, www.darkdiscussions.com. Now we have another co-host, Mike from New York, who will be joining us shortly. He's having some technical difficulties, and he said to uh, start uh, while uh, we wait for him. Uh, so we'll do uh, some of the formalities. Uh, so uh, once again, uh, what is uh, dark discussions? Dark discussions is a group of podcasts that basically talks about all things genre. So sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno, thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, horror films, midnight movies, Cult films, farm films, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. With the 30 or so different podcasts on the network, I'm sure you'll be able to find something that you enjoy. Uh, we also have t- uh, television series podcasts such as Don't Tell, Don't, how is it, Mara? Don't, <laughs>
0: don't tell me, I'll tell you. <laughs> the Stan
2: podcast, that's right. And also, uh, Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires. Uh, Podcast. Uh, so those are based off of the C- CBS All Access TV show, The Stand, and also the Shutter AMC um, Sky Network uh, television show, A Discovery of Witches. And we do have someone from the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going, Uh
1: Everything?
2: Much better. Excellent. Technical difficulties do happen. Um, All right, so uh, tonight uh, we're going to be discussing a a film, but uh, I think, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, We can talk about any news or what we've been watching after uh, and whatnot. So, uh, Mike, what are we going to discuss tonight?
1: Probably a lot of things, but the the pretenses of us getting together is the movie that is either called Wonder Woman 1984 or WW84. I'm not really sure what the actual title is.
4: Probably Wonder Woman. 84.
0: 84. 84. 84. Or 1984.
4: Yeah. 1984. <laughs> That's, yeah, that usually is associated with or- Orwell. This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. Your
5: time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. citizens of the world. I'm here to change your life. Anything you
3: want, anything you dream of, you can have it.
5: You look like you saw a ghost. Diana, look at you. It's like now one day has passed. I don't want to be like... Anyone I want to be an apex predator You've always had everything while people like me have had nothing Well now it's my turn Get used to it One for rules the answer is always more the way i fly they will never find us i forgot to tell you what radar will they will they shoot at us You know, I'm not so keen on this
3: one. I figure uh, you are, but you know what? I'm ready to go.
5: I think we can do better.
3: Parachute pants?
5: Yeah. um... Does
3: does everybody parachute now?
2: That's right. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is brand new uh film came out uh christmas day 2020 uh for folks who are curious uh, such as some of our listeners like pam uh this is january 6 2021 that we are recording this uh, the film is directed by patty jenkins uh known for monster and uh the original wonder mm-hmm. woman film also um it is uh written by patty jenkins jeff johns and dave callaham and the film uh stars gal gadot chris pine and Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal as the two four main leads with Robin Wright and Connie Nielsen somewhat having a uh, cameos. Uh, Hans Zimmer does the music, and uh, obviously it's based off of William Moulton Marston's uh, comic DC character. Uh, The film is actually uh, doing quite well at worldwide cinemas for um, COVID restrictions, canceled theaters and all that it's got 118 million already uh in in 11 days which is pretty decent and for a, and a, something and a
1: 68 but, and a 66 68% drop uh the interest in china has really bottomed out so it all depends on where you go and depends on, it's really hard to judge it's to say whether it's doing well not doing well clearly this is not what it they wanted it to do obviously, um
2: if it had gone at the theaters i'm sure it would have been done much better but for uh where everybody's locked down and theaters are closed um i gather it's it's okay um it's also uh, uh playing on h b o max uh which is uh for one month so folks who can go check it out there and it's part of the warner brothers uh new uh release schedule where they're releasing um their uh, 2021 theater films directly to HBO Max. Uh, so they're trying to drive up uh, the HBO Max streaming service. Uh, never mind, um, as uh, one of our doctors, uh, Dr. Frosty, said that we're probably not going to be opening up. At, uh, the earliest will be fall of 20 or autumn of 2021. So they figure, why sit on all the films, get, get them out there, um, and tried to drive up HBO Max. Um, now, we can talk about the money and HBO Max uh, as we discuss the film, because I know Mike may want to talk about that, as, as as we just heard. But uh, until then, uh, we can go around and discuss how we heard about this film and our thoughts and uh, how we saw it and all that other good stuff. And uh, let's start with you, Kevin.
3: Uh, well, let's see. First, I don't know when I exactly heard. I mean, obviously, it was... Man was that? I mean it was early last year because I mean we had Wonder Woman and we had Justice League so we knew that there was going to be a Wonder Woman uh, movie. I might have actually seen it last year. The last time I was in the theaters, I might have heard of it or seen a preview. No, I don't remember when I saw. actually I only heard about it last year. I don't remember when the first time I saw the the preview was, but it wasn't in the theaters. But I knew that they were going to do something. Uh, we all knew they were going to do something it was online all the time so i can't pinpoint it and your thoughts on the film oh sorry um mixed mixed i mean is i mean it was a fun action movie it was definitely a superhero movie there are a few nitpicks that i've got for it um But overall, yeah, you know, I I did see this on HBO Max. But if there were, but I mean, if movie theaters were, you know, if 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 I felt comfortable going to a movie theater without a mat without needing a mask, I probably would have paid the money to go and see it in in the theaters. And I probably would have enjoyed it in the theaters because this definitely has a big screen look to it.
4: Yeah, especially the invisible plane part.
3: Yes, exactly. Or, is that or, e- or even the mall. Yeah. Even the mall scene. I mean, that was, I have to admit, that was a great opening all, all in itself. So, I mean, I'm, so, and I have to fit whoever thought of uh, hiring Gal Gadot to be Wonder Woman uh, chose very well. She, 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 she fills the role very well. She's, she's extremely good. I think she's a uh, good choice. All
5: right. Sounds good. Uh,
4: Amy, what about yourself? Um, wow. I, I mean, I imagined as soon as Wonder Woman one, I guess you'd call it, um, did well that there was going to be a sequels. And I subscribed to a lot of cinema. Um, well, just media in general podcasts, like bloody disgusting and cinema blend. And, um, also a lot of comic, um, uh, website, so I'm not sure when I actually heard it was a confirmed thing. Uh, I know that the 1984 part of it was, I think, about a year ago, um, and I was super happy because I'm an '80s child, and I was like, I was like, ah, Aw, awesome. And I didn't know how they were going to go with it, if they were going to go with like the pop sugar sort of '80s, or if uh, the 1984 part was a clue, like it was going to be an allusion to the Orwell book um i'm kind of glad that they went with the pop sugar thing just because 2020 and like holy cats we really did not need an Norwellian uh drama um that said though that might have actually ended up disappointing some people because they i think they thought it was going to be a lot more serious than it was and um yeah i uh, i've been looking forward to it i really like gal gadot i Gadot, sorry <laughs> and i haven't seen her in anything else actually i don't think has she been in the other movies?
3: She was the voice of one of the characters in uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: She had a tiny okay. role in Night and Day. Okay. Uh, she's been in some other things, too.
4: Yeah. Uh, maybe she's been in some Israeli cinema or something, too. She doesn't seem like she's a new actress. Like She doesn't um, give one that impression. But I like the movie. I I went into it seeing it as like a pop sugar movie a like uh, it was released on christmas day and i just kind of figured it was going to be like a wonder woman um, uh, justice league sort of you know fun movie i figured it wasn't going to be as dark as the first one uh just because of the setting of 1984 and the way that the posters looked and so on. so i was surprised at a lot of the criticism that was being lobbed at it, and like the seriousness which people were taking it. Um, I'm, it's not that I, I very much t- take comic books seriously. I really love the whole genre of um, graphic novels and graphic art, and I'm married to a graphic artist. <laughs> um, but I, um, it's not um, not like the some of the characters don't have that. Uh, role the serious dark role that uh is inhabited by batman and um especially actually a lot of dc characters are a lot brighter in terms of like their outlook on life um but yeah i liked it i thought it was a lot of fun uh i thought it was very female empowering um yeah there's a couple questionable things that people brought up and i'm like oh, okay yeah but um yeah, I thought it was fun, and I also liked the little nods to the '70s uh, Wonder Woman show, which when I was a little kid, that was like poof, my brain exploding my be all end all. Um, the the there's a character that looks very similar to Lyle Wagner, and I thought um, I thought it had to be intentional because you know, like you're not just like casting and like they do just happen to slip in this guy that looks exactly like what Lyle Wagner. Um, and I was, it was confirmed recently I saw that Patty Jenkins said that they, she purposely picked someone that looked like him and um, there's another uh, nod to the 70s show that I don't know if we're doing spoilers or not so um, anyways that was really yep. fun for me alright
2: yep yeah, we'll do spoilers uh, after we throw out the spoiler flag but um, fair enough uh, yeah I did not know that uh, Gal Gadot was Shank That's pretty cool. And and Wreck It Ralph, too. Um, So that's awesome. Uh, And speaking of Lyle Wagner, uh, I believe he was one of the folks who passed in 2021. He did. Um, Yes. Uh, Let's go with you, Mike.
1: Yeah, as I often say, I heard about it because I'm alive. Um, (laughs) And um, now, really, they never got the full marketing push for this because it was supposed to come out in the summer. And, you know, those really the when the marketing push would have been starting is when COVID hit. Um, and so it got delayed from June or July until, uh, was it to Thanksgiving? And then finally to Christmas, um, I think is what it was, but regardless, you know, it's, it's out there. Right. And we understand they don't, you don't make a wonder woman movie to make a wonder woman movie. You know, it's just, so we knew it's coming. Right. Um, as far as what I thought about the film, uh, I'll be honest. I fully intended to go see this in theaters. Um, there was a theater open about an hour away from me and I've been there a couple of times. And every time I've been there, I'm like the o- either the only person in the theater or maybe like one or two other people in the theater. Um, and you're not sitting next to each other. It's really very empty. Eric Webster would love it. Uh, there's no people there. So I feel safe doing it. Um, But anyway, Pam had wanted to go see it, uh, had wanted to watch it, but she won't leave the house, so we watched it on Christmas Day uh, on HBO Now, which we have been subscribing to from the beginning, and I've been supporting from the beginning. Um, But I never ended up going to the theaters, because I didn't really like it that much. I enjoyed it mostly while I was watching it. I have, I I think it is an ugly, ugly script in terms of the way it's constructed, um, I don't have the same problem with it that's, that people do, um, that some people do, I should say. Um, there's a lot of good things in it. The actors are all giving it their best. They're all doing what they're asked to do. Gal Gadot is about as perfect a woman, Wonder Woman as you're going to get, with, of course, one exception, who will be mentioned again later. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, was, I actually remember when I think some people were skeptical about her casting because she was a nobody i liked the fact that they cast a mediterranean actress given the character's greek origins um well but, she's not uh, really mediterranean ethnically i think she's
2: like russian Bulgarian, slavic or something but i see your point but she's
1: okay anyway yeah. um but you're right she's from israel so that's mediterranean so, so it works yes yeah. so yeah so look it is it is I I don't like dismissing films cuz they're popcorn films cuz we've all seen great popcorn films. It's not easy to make a great popcorn film. Uh we we're all children of the 80s. We grew up seeing that was like the era for most of the, for some great popcorn films. It seemed like every year there was a really solid beginning to end popcorn film whether it's you know Raiders of the Lost Ark or Back to the Future or 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 Beverly Hills Cop or something like that. It but it is it it's not easy to make one well, and you have to have fundamental script, uh, strong script fundamentally, and I don't think this had it. Uh, there are some choices I think that were very questionable, and some of it's come out as to some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that went on that I think were leading to the mistakes, but you know, we'll, we'll get into that. I think the biggest problem I had with it is, the, is that the story was not always clear and that it went on just way too long. It didn't need to be two and a half hours. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, she's actually uh, a quarter
2: Polish, Austrian, German, and Czech. So oh. just a, of of note, ethnically. Though she's sixth generation Israeli. So um, anyway, um, sounds good, Mike. Thank you. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I heard about it because they pretty much announced that it was – going to be made almost immediately after the the first one was such a uh huge success and got excellent reviews rave reviews and whatnot um I was on board to see it uh on day 1 wherever it would be um it is available at theaters and I was tempted to go um but uh it is a longer movie and uh, I I don't try to stay in public even if there's only a few handful of people um unless it's the forest um because of the covid um so i watched it on christmas day with my two daughters and uh my older daughter seven uh gets scared pretty easy so she kind of came in and out but my younger daughter was there from the start to the end and she's five she's scared of nothing um (laughs) And uh, yeah, I uh, I liked it a lot. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, there there is most certainly uh, flaws or complaints that some people have, and and they're all legitimate. Uh, honestly, I, I feel that way with you know the the most recent Star Wars films, a lot of Marvel films, uh, the most recent Star Trek films. Uh, so so the, these big action films, spectacle films, always have their flaws it seems i don't, I don't know if there's just has been any real perfect one since maybe um lord of the rings trilogies but uh all in all um i thought it was really good even with flaws uh kristin who was a controversial pick to play cheetah uh, when she, it was announced people were got up in arms uh but uh she was absolutely fantastic uh, this is actually my first time ever seeing her in any role because I never watched her on t v or in any other film um and and she really uh hit it out of the ballpark um she was uh, smart sexy uh action strong all the things she got she had it all she played it pretty played it great uh Pedro pasquale was good uh though I didn't like his character's role, but as an actor again um i think it was you mike uh the, the acting was fine it's it's just some of the the screenwriting that were the issues uh gal gadot was fantastic as always um and uh, chris pine was great too uh among some of the uh side cast uh so i i would recommend uh seeing it uh especially if you're a dc fan or a fan of um wonder woman uh unfortunately uh it's uh, getting ripped apart by a lot of people on Facebook that a lot of us uh, have in our circles. Um, its it's ranking has dropped to 60% from original being 87%, I think, uh, from the original reviews. And then when it was released to everybody's reviews, and it went up to 300 and something, Rotten Tomatoes views it finally dropped down to 60%. Uh, but audience scores, not including the people that we know on Facebook our social media, uh, regular audiences, 74%, uh, good reviews. Um, and so I'm, I'm right there with Amy. Uh, this is, this is a, a good film, a uh, fun time. Uh, Barrett.
0: Um, as far as when I heard about it, yeah, I had heard, you know, pretty soon after the first one when they said they were going to make the second one. Um, as far as how I felt about it, pretty mixed. Um, as long as I completely turn my brain off and just want to have a good action flick, I I can enjoy it. Um, I mostly enjoyed it, but there are just some things I really didn't like about it. The way they wrote Chris Pine into the script, I really am not a fan of. Um, I hated that and that kind of ruined the movie for me. Um, And the acting is fine. And, you know, I like Chris Pine. I just don't like the method they use to get his character in there. Um, So that's my biggest complaint about the movie. And it's way long, way, way too long. Um, They could have done a lot more cutting and got it down under two hours. And I think it would have been more effective and more streamlined. Um, But we'll get into all those things as we discuss it further. But generally, I was mixed I was going to see it in the theater, too. Um, I would have if it, you know, we didn't have the pandemic going on. But as it was, we watched it on um, HBO Max on Christmas Day, my wife and I. So, And what did wife think of it? Um, she probably enjoyed it more than I did. My problem was I was, I was hoping for a lot more because I thought the first one was overhyped. And so, going from that perspective, I think it was worse than the first one. And since I was hoping for more, and I didn't get it, it, it disappointed me. So, so as part kind of that like it. Yeah, and it it just was un, it was unfortunate. So,
2: all right, sounds good. So uh, it's pretty much uh, for the five co-hosts here, mixed to love it um so 50 percent or higher so we're generally all on the good side of the 50 percent, rather than uh the under because we've had some dog films that we've we've reviewed in the past um and uh, fortunately um most of us at least uh were mixed rather than uh, not liking it um all right with that uh uh barrett do we get a wiki
0: we do and i can't do this well but
1: wiki wiki wiki
0: uh, rewind to the nice 19- I think Eric Webster has a uh, has competition <laughs> no I could never beat him um, rewind to the night 19- pay you as Wonder Woman's next big screen adventure finds her facing two all new foes Max Lord and the cheetah that really doesn't give much away does it
2: no that that's that's good I, I went in blind so I didn't even watch any of the trailers um, myself um, but I did know cheetah was in it uh, because obviously they were really hyping that up from the get go uh, especially when christian league was was signed on and and she 's you know the big villain um, I was actually surprised there was another villain uh max well max lord um, and um, personally if if I could have uh helped write the script or, or give my feedback in a screening audience i would have said more cheetah less max lord um and when i say cheetah uh i believe they did have a a hell of a lot of barbara minerva who's cheetah before she becomes cheetah and and that was excellent but i would have also liked a lot more actually um the villain cheetah herself um so that that was my main qualm about the film
1: Uh, yeah there's um I mean, the problem with that description, and it's a perfectly fine description for the most part, um, and that doesn't really give anything away, um, is that nobody knows who the hell Max Lord is, unless you are a comic nerd. Yeah, And comic nerds are a very small audience compared to movie audiences. And one of the problems Wonder Woman has, unfortunately, is basically she has a really crap rogues gallery. Right, you have like Batman and Spider Man are like the gold standard. The Flash is kind of a gold standard of like having the best villains. Um, and Wonder Woman has Cheetah, and the problem well, she is Cheetah's awesome. Yeah, well, the problem at least you can tell what Cheetah is by the name. <laughs> well, right, it, but the well, the, the problem, but I'm saying, but that's all she has, and the problem with the right. Cheetah is that it starts out. Right, if I remember correctly, she's a you know she's a she's a woman who wears a cheetah costume originally, and I think she got some superpowers eating a medicinal plant or something. And then later on, they change it so it is or there's this ritual thing when they rebooted it. The George Perez rebooted it in the 80s, and she becomes more like this cheetah. That's when it becomes Barbara Minerva, and that's where she become, turns into the cheetah woman, right, and gives her magic powers. But even so, the problem is that the the over time Wonder Woman went from being also sort of like Superman, we started out with a certain subset of powers and just got gradually more powerful as time went on and wonder woman got more and more powerful as time went on. And she's basically fighting someone in a cat suit with claws. And so it's, and she, you know, they kind of turn her into a, you know, a goddess on earth and it's, she's not a great foil. And I think they found a way to make her wonder woman's equal in this, That I thought was worked. That was clever. There's been a lot of attempts to reboot the character of Cheetah over the last, whatever it is, 80 years. Um, And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. There's a number of different versions of the character out there as they've tried to make her work as a worthy adversary for Wonder Woman. But the problem is they've now shot their load with the one really good Wonder Woman villain that's out there that people know. And then I guess you get Ares, who is from that George Perez era, Um, it was really like one of the few iconic wonder woman stories. And she doesn't have a lot outside of that. And even with another issue wonder woman has is that she doesn't have a lot of classic stories. You know, where Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, especially have a lot of stories where you mention the name of a story to fans. They know what the story is. They've bought the graphic novel or at least have heard of it. Wonder woman doesn't really have that. So you have an iconic character with a weird mix of powers and a weird origin. One villain and nothing really to go by, not a lot of guiding, guide, uh, guidance in terms of telling a story.
2: Well, I, I think, though, like the, the, the issue with, with, with this film isn't even all that. I think the issue is they fo- made the main villain the wrong main villain, it should have been Cheetah, not Max Lord. They should have just had Max Lord as maybe the cipher to get Cheetah becoming the, the main villain but instead they decided to have cheetah as a secondary villain which i think was was the issue specifically for this film i'm not talking about for the whole franchise of the future films you know well, what's the villains for the future i mean that's fine but we're, i'm talking about this film here so cheetah should have been the main villain i think
1: well you have a weird thing where it's this sort of batman returns vibe where you have this political villain, which in Batman Returns you had the Penguin, who is not a physical match for the hero, um, but is manipulating events around the hero's world. Right, so, and so, then you so, have, and then but then you have that villain has a person who is this meek, mild person who is suddenly reborn with cat powers, and is the muscle to protect that villain, and that's kind of the role that Cheetah has is to play, but her getting into being his muscle is weirdly told she's not incorporated into his story well at all and then she becomes cheetah off-screen in a really convoluted logic sort of way and the fight between cheetah and wonder woman goes is over pretty quickly i felt and ends kind of anticlimactically in a way that i'm not entirely sure they justified because there's a there's another logic issue there um and um, yeah, they, they really could have done a lot more. I think there was a lot of wasted potential on that. that's one of the things that kind of didn't leave me satisfied. Um, you know, looking like Taylor Swift from "Cats is only that, that only uh, that, that doesn't help either.:
2: <laughs> Well, what, what, what they could have done and I was talking to Barrett <laughs> offline about this is that they could have done practical effects similar to like uh, Tim Curry and in, in "Legend you know, and, and just used a, maybe a CGI tail or something. But they decided to go like the movie Cats, which is fine, I guess. But the, but I guess they felt that the CGI wasn't going to be good enough, so they obviously made the scene at dusk instead of uh, in daylight. So, and I think that's probably because of what happened with, with Cats, the, the backlash that film got. So they said, well, you know what, we, we have problems here, what's... Darken it and make it dusk. But again, if they had just gone practical effects and then just used Didn't her they did practical ju- effects ju- for the
4: movie,
2: probably <laughs> yeah. But but for 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 Cheetah, if they had gone practical effects and then just did CGI when she was jumping around like they do in the Spider-Man movies, then I, I think that would have been better. And then they could have used Cheetah more in the film instead of that short scene and i think that's the reason the short scene was there was because they were worried about the cgi
1: well i have no idea how how they did it and you know i I, like a lot of times they do cgi enhanced so they put the makeup on and then they remove a lot of the edges or add texture effects so it's hard to so i don't know if they did no makeup at all or, or and it was all just motion capture um but i i don't know i don't know the, the 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 problem came into I think the writing more than anything, and not getting yeah. the character incorporated better in the story. Right, I, I think
0: I was oh, not well done in this film for the budget that it had. I mean, the lasso didn't. It seemed really poorly done.
1: <laughs> at times,
0: yeah, at times,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I had no issues with how they incorporated her. And but but again I think what they should have done was they didn't even need Max Lord they could have just had her have the wishing stone Max Lord s- maybe starts off the chaos he gets taken out or disappears or whatever and then to remove the chaos they have to get rid of the stone and then Cheetah would be the, say no way I want to keep the stone because it's made me a uh, confident Um, attractive, uh, strong, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's where I think they should have gone. And, and they didn't. Instead, they made her defend, defend Max Lord because he, what he does to be, you know, to with the stone. Now what were you going to say? Amy?
4: Um, I think that a lot of the choices were made because of themes that they wanted to go with in the movie. Um, Because, the first movie was definitely like set as like, an anti-war movie, like the you know the horrors of war, and that Wonder Woman is, is supposed to bring peace, which is always a weird part of her character because she's peace through violence. <laughs> but um, I think in this one they wanted to make like the, uh, the central image to be anti-greed, anti-greed and pro-truth. And I think that that's part of the reason that they made Max Lord as like mm-hmm. the, the main character, because what is the I mean, if you think of a time in American history, recent American history, 1980s was is the greed decade. That's what everybody always thinks of. And um, so I think that he was kind of created to be the businessman, the 1980s businessman that's kind of slimy and um, may or may not, but probably is a comment on um, somebody in our political system right now. And um, I think that they really wanted to make that as like the center of the movie. And Cheetah was actually more of a secondary villain, even though they really wanted to get her in there because she's Wonder Woman's main antagonist.
2: Yeah, and and you're probably right. Um, I, yeah, since it was it was filmed in the '80s, and and that that is like you said, uh, uh, marked as, as I guess the greed generation. They, they wanted to have some sort of megalomaniac, greed person, I guess. Um, but
1: well, I mean that's certainly an, uh, a facet of the era. It's not the only facet of the era. Uh, you know, it's I don't know that they they did it well. I know some people have talked about. Comparing Maxwell Lord to Trump Um, and Maxwell Lord as a character was created in 1987. That was around the time Trump is first coming on the scene. But for those of us who grew up in the 80s, there were a lot of people who were like these, you know, yeah, dial your know, dial one eight hundred and i I'll tell you how you can become rich like me with the guy sitting on a yacht surrounded by beautiful women. Uh, I love it right.
2: well, no, right. I, mean, I mean Ted Turner, all those guys were were big, you know, a lot of these
1: billionaires became famous in the eighties for sure. Right. So there were a ton of guys like that. And so because and that's what inspired Max Lord, so there are going to be some parallels there to the character and, and to the real right. life right. people. George, but it's not, George Steinbrenner. George Steinbrenner. Right. Like so that. um so, so it's, I, I think people have have gotten way too sensitive and butthurt over over that, and and I think like and that always concerns me when a movie like this, if you get too on the nose about a current topic or a current issue, it doesn't age well. And I don't think that's yeah. the case. Um, and, and I know I, at least one person I had to kind of who wasn't willing to go see it because of that as a possibility, and I was like, no, 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 don't worry. You have to really look for it. Just if you want to see it, you'll see it, but. It's not that big a deal. Um, And a lot of the things they talk about are are sort of essential truths. Um, You know, things like the importance of truth and and earning what you get, um, that there are no quick shortcuts. And they would play at any time, but I understand the setting for the 80s. There are problems, I think, with the film that are the result of Zack Snyder's decision that Wonder Woman has been around for A hundred years before she's revealed to the world. So you have a problem of Wonder Woman doing stuff without people knowing she's doing stuff. You know, but which works for Batman, you know, who's a character who's at night and in the shadows. And and Wonder Woman is a daylight superhero, you know, wearing his very gaudy costume.
0: Um, So that goes everywhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And a it yeah, that goes so. everywhere and no, and, but you know what, that's, I'm, I recognize that that's them working within a limitation that they shouldn't have had to work under. Uh, Cause it was a bad choice, I think on their part. And I'm not, and I don't care about the the continuity to some other crappy films. Well, uh, you know what though, Mike, uh, the Wonder Woman in
2: uh, the seventies, uh, the, the television series that uh, Amy brought up, uh, I said, th- I felt they did a pretty good job where, the disguised Wonder Woman, we know Diana Prince is Wonder Woman, but it makes more sense. Well here you know she it's the same person, whether she's Wonder Woman or in you know uh, a dress or a business suit.:
1: Right, but they also didn't have like the budget to have uh, Linda Carter running through a mall with a glowing whip. Um, or saving, you know, literally, you know, the world and talking
5: to the world.
2: and. But Spider-Man does the the same stuff. No, he doesn't. Everybody in the the, world knows... He's in the the middle of the day, Spider-Man. And everybody
1: knows she
2: exists. He he is. So you're trying to say that no one knows she exists.
4: They do kind of allude to people saying, like, we don't really know what happened there's there, some people thought that maybe they saw a woman. There was like a newscast. I remember that yeah early
1: gotcha yeah they 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 don't and and this is a thing that they have to work around because it's what what's set up in the d c cinematic universe is that Wonder Woman is in hiding for all of these years, doing whatever between world war one and and today, and so it's a it's a it's an artificial limitation that um so Patty Jenkins say- has to you say
2: so when you're saying in hiding, you're not meaning her hidden identity. You're meaning h- hiding, as in even as Wonder Woman, people right. forget she exists. Gotcha. That's where I was confused. Right? They don't. Yeah, they don't even.
1: Yeah, they, people don't know that Wonder Woman is a thing, gotcha. which I think is unfortunate because honestly, that would be that whole ending is a, would it be a glorious coming out for that character. Yeah. Um But you know, again, that's a limitation that's that I think is thrust upon them. Uh, so I'm kind of willing to give him a pass on on stuff like that. Those little minor continuity issues. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't a fan. You mentioned Spider-Man. I was not a fan of the use of the lasso, the way they used it, because it often felt more like Diana's golden whip than Diana's golden lasso.
3: <laughs> Well, um, I said the origins of Wonder Woman that actually the Golden Whip might uh, be a little bit more apropos, but as well as the, as the lasso, but that. Well, that, yeah, that's I, I didn't even story. get into
1: the fact that there was not nearly enough tying people up and asking them questions and <laughs> making them tell the truth. There really should have been a lot more bondage in this. Spot <laughs> to to take <stick laughs> with the origin. Uh, well,
2: on, on a serious note. um that's,
3: the,
2: um on, on a on a serious note and, and just on the the on the um the character uh as we know it not not necessarily the, the origins and, and the, the wink wink that, that Martin did behind the, the scenes with, with the character, but um as the character that, as we know it. Um yeah, you're right. That lasso was definitely a, a weapon uh in a sense um it was similar to like the the von, uh, the web for spider man but it was also like uh similar to um the sand snakes or or indie with the whip so I, I guess i guess that's fair um but yeah there was no they didn 't really bother doing the uh, lasso part because um uh not you know it wasn 't it's more – it wasn't well, Right. I, I,
3: the, the lasso also reminds me a little bit like uh, the, the chains for um, uh, Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's yeah. Ghost Rider? I don't even know what that is. Uh,
0: well, Nick. Oh, Ghost Rider. You mean the, the biker,
2: biker guy
1: with the head? Ghost yeah. Rider motorcycle yeah. I'm, like, I'm like the biker guys with no heads. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Well, the head. I, mean, mean, I, I know what you mean. I'm busting your ass. I got it. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Forget.
2: Continue. I'm sorry.
4: I was just doing the Rollins song. You know the Rollins
2: Stones. No, someone start. Someone mentioned uh, something about uh, the. You were saying something, Mike, before me and Kevin interrupted you. Well,
1: I was just saying it's for me, it's, it's the, it was more the where's the swinging with the 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 lasso like she's Spider Man on a web. You know that was like just felt so wrong for the the Wonder Woman character to use it as extensively as she did. Why? Uh, it yeah, just why? It just it just did. It just didn't because it's such but, a signature Spider Man thing. To see it's her, in the, like... It's in the comic books, don't it?
0: Not really. Not like that.
4: She's, she has used the the whip and the, the flying way in the past, though. Um, like, where she uses it to basically um, just, you know, propel herself up into the air and then, like, you know, flies through the Manipulation of currents, like she did. It's not a new. Um, right, project.
1: but that's. But there, were, there were moments where she was like swinging from one thing and then swinging from another, like um, a jump line. But, but, it, but it I makes sense.
4: That's not big of a problem just because somebody else does a similar thing. It doesn't really bother me.
1: It just felt yeah, off to me. I'm, right I'm just saying, right. and that's that, that's a common I'm, look. I'm, that's a poor thing. No, I'm perfectly no, willing no. to say that's a me thing. I'm just saying okay. it. Just it was just a thing that that kind of irked me a little bit. That felt a little off to me. Um, but. Um, No, I think one of the things that really could have – they could have done a better job sort of with her powers, which have always been a little weird and and a little nebulous at
0: times. Um, I had to look up her powers to see if she could actually fly. Yeah, well, that depends. <laughs> right, and it said in there that she wasn't originally. Then she learned how to go on the currents, and then at some point after the Silver Age or something like that, she got to fly right from the start.
1: Yeah, sometime in the late '80s or '90s, they gave her. They just said fuck it and gave her the the power to fly. Yeah, you know, and part of it was because they were like trying to work the, the the invisible jet into it, and it just was still hard to make that not be silly. Uh, I think at one point they gave her uh, Hermes sandals to help her fly, you know, and that was used as the the way to get her to fly. Um, and eventually, you know, they got rid of the whole um, woman of clay thing and made her the daughter of Zeus, which opened up a little bit more potential for powers. Um, so, yeah, I think there there are ways to handle it. But I think, like, for instance, we are given a moment in the film where Diane is shot, yeah, and hurt by a bullet, and that's supposed to be a moment where we go, "Oh damn, she's starting to lose her powers. What's wrong?" The problem is, at no point in the film had she been shown to be invulnerable or bulletproof.
0: That up to that point, I was confused about that. I didn't understand it at first, and then it, it gets explained a little bit later. So then I was like, "Oh."
4: Well, no. No, they didn't. They didn't right. emphasize that well
0: enough. Yeah, I mean,
2: I always thought. She, I always thought. I always thought she was possibly um, uh, able to be wounded by bullets, and that's the reason why she had the. Right. You know, exactly. That's why, she, that's why she has the bracelets right, and the shield
1: and the shield. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Is that like, what's the? Because the bracelets don't serve a purpose other than decorative. They don't serve a purpose really unless cuz they they they're the bracelets of deflection they were supposed to stop bullets and that and what's the point of stopping bullets if she's as bulletproof as superman now I'm willing to say she could be bullet resistant yeah. you know and and maybe the bullet, you know has a t- tougher skin and she's harder to damage but when you if but if the idea is that her being shot is a sign that her powers are weakening then we needed to see earlier that her that was happening to her. There is, a, I just kind of watched the film on fast forward a little bit, I skipped around. Um, like there is a scene where she tries to break the lock into a place they're breaking into, and she has trouble with the lock. And then they just toss it, toss it off as being, Oh, must be a tough lock as she There's snaps. A couple the
4: little things that like add up to it, like the, the lock and uh, there was something else. I can't remember what it was, but it's like very, Oh, she couldn't push the two cars apart. But at no
1: point, I think at that at that point in the film, we hadn't seen her use her strength to push anything that heavy, right? Yeah. So we, so I just, so I didn't know, like, and that's all, and so there's all this stuff that happens in the action scene. She flips a truck over, well, I mean, with the lasso, and she does all this offense, awesome stuff. She does get hit by a bullet, and sort of shrugs it off, and then at the end, Steve's like, "What's wrong?" It's like, "Well, was there something wrong with that?" She just like kicked some ass and like did all these awesome stunts and did the whole Indiana Jones under the truck thing. And it's, Oh, apparently she was supposed to be suffering a thing. But I don't think that's communicated well. Not I think well it, at all. <laughs> and I think the whole thing with the wishing stone, right. Where, it, um, and this was the stuff I want to look at, cause I was trying to make sure I didn't miss something. Cause sometimes that happens. You miss an important line of dialogue the first time through the film, You know, the wishing stone basically just says, touch me and, you know, you'll get your wish. There is nothing about there being a price that goes with it. And so Max Lord, we just see granting wishes and saying, I'll take this from you. I'll take that. And I'm like, and, and I wasn't quite sure how that was working. And like after, oh, an hour and a half in the movie, they kind of explain, or maybe not an hour and a half, but it's more than an hour into the film. They explain that he gets... That there's a cost, and he gets to demand what the thing is that you give up in order to make your wish come true. That's way too late to be setting the rules
0: of the stone down. And the rules seem kind of malleable, like Kristen Wiggs character gets a second wish.
4: Yeah, that was weird, but I think it was because he said he was the stone, and so that he could control it if you get a second wish. Well, no. It, there, it, earlier, he couldn't with that dude in the office building.
1: No, he's something like – no, there's a loophole. He uses a loophole to justify her becoming an apex predator. Like, I want to give you what well, you want. What do you want? I want to be an apex predator. Hey, don't you wish that I could get what I want? And the person says, sure, and he gets what he wants by her becoming what she – it's some weird thing like that. So uh, I thought a loophole, it was maybe because it, the first
2: wish was on
1: the stone, but the second wish was uh, on him. Yeah, no, it wasn't. that. that, that <laughs> They, there is a convoluted explanation for it. Uh, you know, the rules are it, horrible
0: for this stone.
1: <laughs> it's but again, the whole thing is more complicated than they needed to make because you have simpler things that you could have done, or you could simply have had her say at the beginning of the film, after she is almost um, assaulted by this asshole in the park, saying something like, "I wish I was the predator. I wish I was like Diana," or you know or something like that. I wish I was strong like Diana, that I was an apex predator and boom, there you go. And she could slowly morph into cheetah over the course of the film. Yeah. Right. I think that, and you don't have to come up with a second wish later on. Um, Maybe
4: because she renounced the first wish in a way. She said, I don't want to be like um, anybody else anymore. I want to be this of predator, so maybe they counted it as a renouncing and then re wishing.
0: No, to- I, having to discuss it is the reason they didn't do a good job of explaining it. Right. Yeah. For
1: for, for a wishing stone. And by the way, I've seen and this is something this this annoys the hell out of me. Look, I like the Marvel films. I've seen some of these Marvel fans come, "Oh, she's got a wishing stone." How stupid. It's fucking the reality stone from Thor 2. You know, that's basically <laughs> Right, uh, right, she, right. It's right. Infinity it's Stone. Right.
3: Well, and then they have
2: the, the Gauntlet, and then they have you know the 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 giant worms or whatever they were like in the first Avengers. So so yeah. don't tell me that that Marvel is is better because it's more no. realistic. I mean, no, keep it straight.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's not real. I don't think. No, they weren't arguing realistic, but I think they were just saying what a lame plot device. It's like it's a it's a MacGuffin. Exactly. Not, first of all, the Destiny Stone. Is a is an existing thing <laughs> right. in in the comics. It's the genie, right. it is, yeah, the thing in the I'm comics. It's right, right, there. There. Right, right? Yeah. And what's
2: wrong with a genie stone versus a gauntlet that makes everybody disappear? You know. So it's that, that's exactly. that's just right. just well, no um, a
4: lot older too. It's it's um it, it goes through a couple different incarnations and it's also um eventually morphed into being. The original uh, wishing stone in the comics is morphed into being Dream from the Endless from Sandman Stone. Right. I don't know if you've, has anybody read um, Sandman.
1: I've read some of it. I I have all the copy, all the digitally. Read all I need to it's sit really down good. and finish reading it. Yeah.
4: Um. But there's I think three uh, objects of power that Sandman, who is Dream, has. Um. There's the End, a family of the Endless. There's Dream, Death uh despair desire destiny uh, destiny. yeah um and I, I probably missed one uh, oh delirium um anyways he has a uh, big huge ruby that is his dream stone which is apparently the same as this and, and they do both um, they I do uh
1: they call it the destiny stone they do call it.
4: yeah um i thought for a while that they maybe were trying to infer that um the god that was in charge of the stone was lucifer because the question that maxwell lord asked what do you desire is literally the same that lucifer in the tv series lucifer asks um people in like it's a lot more lighthearted sort of a way i suppose well i don't know if he's lucifer but um usually ends up you know they they ask, they were like oh i really really wanted to um have the stuffed animal when i was a kid or something like that you know or to, it's a, it's a pretty comedic show. But anyways, um, I thought that that's where they were going with it. But I don't think so anymore.
1: I actually found that whole scene weird, that they felt they had to justify the Wishing Stone. Um, yeah. in, a, in a movie that is in a universe that has Superman and Batman and Aquaman and merpeople <laughs> yeah. and sea yeah. monsters. What scene are you talking about? There was a scene where she talks about the God that Amy was just talking about, oh, where the figure it. out the God that created. It. I don't, no. you didn't need that. We got it. It's a wishing stone. Move on. We don't need right. anymore. Oh, oh the, well, I, think, it's, it's I think I know why they did it
2: because that's probably the setup for the next villain because that God is one of Wonder Woman's villains.
4: Oh, hmm. that makes sense.
0: It might be. It could yeah. be. That's
2: what I'm thinking.
0: Okay, I want to talk about the thing that I hated most, which was the inclusion of Chris Pine in this movie. (laughs) I really didn't like his inclusion, and it's, it's because of the way they chose to do it. If they had just had him appear, I'd have been okay with that. I love Chris Pine. I think he's great as Steve Trevor. But the fact that he inhabited another body, they should have just used that actor rather than her seeing Chris Pine the whole time. It just really bothered me. I hated it. I hated it. Okay. Oh, I I do agree. It's if if you know, you can have
2: wishes where walls go across the entire country of Egypt, never mind cows appearing on the, on the lawn of the White House. I I would think that they could have just had I wish Steve Trevor was still with me and alive. They could have just had him appear and everybody just th- thinking, okay, that's Steve Trevor and, and not think anything about it. So I agree that they should have probably just gone that route instead of having his soul appear. I think both his soul and his corporal being should have appeared and no one would have had any issues with it because again, it's a wish and the wish would have included everybody just thinking, okay, that's Steve Trevor. Who cares? Whatever.
3: Yeah. You know, right. it history happened. Happened. I, yeah. I, I it just seemed weird that this, she wishes for him to come back to life. You know, you have an all powerful stone That can change destinies. That can all of a sudden have IRS people investigating a guy or arresting a guy, like the the second he wishes it or whatever. But you can't bring a guy back from the dead
0: without taking over somebody else's body. Right. Without
3: (laughs) without taking over somebody else's. It's not the
0: paw part of it because her losing power was the monkey paw part of it. Right. 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 Right.
3: Yeah, because it was really just her, her, him
2: it wasn't really like a resurrection. It was, it was a soul or a possession
1: coming yeah, back.
4: Also, dude was possessed. You know?
1: Yeah. And there were just, Come there on, were yeah. definitely weird rules with the the wishing stone. Um, I know there's some people who complained about, uh, having sex with this person.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, right. yeah, you know, it's, it's the, the, the mind that's inhabiting the body at that moment. And for all she knows for the rest of that body's life,
3: um, was it's, perfectly it's, okay it's with Trevor.
1: it. Yeah, it was, right. it was perfectly okay with it. So I, I don't I don't take that as being some weird sexual assault thing. I do think that it's weird that she was not remotely bothered by the fact that he was possessing another man's body. Um, yeah. Right. And there are all sorts of story problems that pop. I mean, first of all, look, it's a comic book movie. There are certain tropes you have to take. Wonder Woman, uh, not Wonder Woman, uh, Peter Parker needs Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. Superman needs uh, Lois Lane. And Steve Trevor kind of goes with Wonder Woman, even though I don't think he's been as big a role with her character for the last 30 years as he was on the uh, originally. Um, so I get that I get. So I'm, I guess I'm OK that she's still like pining for him. Pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. But yeah, that makes what was it fun. 70 years later or 65 years later. But yeah, I mean, uh, she's yeah, immortal. That. So
4: that could be like a week <laughs> for her. She's yeah.
1: a, she's, a, she's a woman that has lived... That's a, that's know, a good point, Amy. Yeah. As, right, as an immortal woman, she knew with a guy for a couple of days. Yep. In 1918.
5: <laughs>
2: like
1: and in <laughs> yeah, 1984... But he, but he
2: sacrificed, sacrificed his life for her, and, and she did get laid by him.
4: And he was like yeah. her first... Not, not only love that loved. she had sex with, but just love that she connected on an emotional level, on like a A deep like spiritual level like they had that like they were just giggly together and they had like some sort of a a connection and I think that everybody's got that person in their life whether it's romantically or just like a really good friend where you're at that part in your life where you're going from innocence to um grown up person like an adult person and that part something about that time really cements in people's brains like you know, your friends from um, early college, late high school are like really less like driven into your soul and lovers even more so.
1: Right. I'm not saying that she should have yeah. forgotten him. And I was perfectly fine with her having the watch and the picture in her apartment. But they make it pretty clear that she has had no life at all ever since. Yeah. Um and I think there's ways to explain that if they wanted to. They could say that she you know, because she doesn't age, it limits. And, well and she's not human either. She's not technically human either. Well you yeah, know, human ish. She's a demigod. Um but yeah, right, I mean, but, but her, her either, mind Super, Superman is literally not human and he has no trouble banging Lois Lane. Um no, no, no,
2: but no but but, no, he, but only he, he only has Lois Lane. He only has Lois Lane. Um, and, and when he, and when Lois Lane died on him, he he went back in time to get her back.
1: Yeah,
2: did right. But that was back? that
1: moment. It wasn't like eighty years later. <laughs> it was it was that moment. Um, but yeah, so like, I, so I don't. My point is, I don't think they needed to do it. Right. It's I, I don't think it that. Well, I, I think of all the did, things. The reason
2: they did it was because they they effed up by killing St- uh, Steve Trevor off in the first film, and they said, "Whoops, we made a mistake." <laughs>
1: Right. Well, I think, and that's what gets to my problem, is that there's a lot of things in this film that don't need to be in the film, and that don't really change the film, if you leave them out. You're like, Steve Trevor, if you remove him from the film, is there really that big of a difference in the story?
2: Well, again, though, it's, I think Barrett has a better point, because I, I was glad they brought Steve Trevor back, because I, I liked his character in the first one, and I liked his character in this one, too. The problem was, is how? And it's not the wish. It's it's how the wish came true instead of just having him appear. Like I said, corporally, they have only a soul appear. And and that was the thing that make, makes the, as everybody's having the issue with, I don't think anybody would have the issue with him coming back because the wish had him come back because that's the point of the wish. Just yeah. as the witch brought cheater into
0: cheaterville. So it's how well, they brought it is back. And the fact that they could have chosen a different way that, when you start looking, you know, in the real world, and they start, there are people criticizing this. They could have totally avoided that.
1: Yeah. And 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 it's a matter. Of, look, and and it's a, a good film, a good a good popcorn film. All the parts, a good script in general, should fit together. They should resonate thematically. They should all it, it, or and advance the plot, advance the character. There's a lot of things in this that really don't need to be in the film, and. You know, it's a cliche that's been repeated many times, which is that the film's not done until the director cuts out his favorite scene, right? There's that thing that he doesn't want to cut, <laughs> or, or or her, and in, in the for her, and like for and like the, the example a lot of people have used, and I, I agree with this also, um, is the opening. Now, I now a lot of people have complained about the mall being too cheesy. I think way too many people forget who Wonder Woman is. We had this little discussion on the board today. Someone shared a uh, picture of Wonder Woman holding severed heads of her trophies from the battlefield that Zack Snyder... I think, I think,
2: that, was a, I think that was a fake picture. I don't think it was I do, it, yeah. a, a really behind the scene picture, but continue, Mike.
1: Regardless, if, that's, if that was something Snyder wanted, that is not understanding who the character of Wonder Woman is. What Wonder was- Woman was in World War I. It was a darker film because it was World War I. Look at the posters for this film: Wonder Woman in gold armor and a rainbow you know, uh, collage. Yeah, she's like it's, she's like Superman. Always good yeah, at heart. Right. This is this is what. Um, so I have no, and people were comparing that opening to like the Richard Donner Superman films. I have no problem with that. That's kind of it's a lighthearted moment. It's a cheery moment. It's who the character cool. is. Yeah. I had right. fun without it being seen. It was a little, you know, implausible, but it's a superhero film. So there's like four people with the, um, like life threatening disasters in a two block radius in, in 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 Washington. Who cares? It's fun. Lighten up a little. Um
5: right. and it does right. tie in. These are the
1: same people that will defend uh,
2: the Skywalker trilogy. You know, so it's like like um, mean, if you can defend yeah, that, it's or that or no. marvel, there's there's you know, you're they're just being I just hate DC, and and
1: it's like no, okay. no, they're believe me, it's a lot of the same people. Um, But in contrast, but now that that scene lasts, I, I did time it. Um, it, that lasts about five it's minutes. 20, it's like which one, which scene? The 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 mall scene, right? The whole the beginning right. of the nineteen eighty four scene, and it well, does and, and, lead into the main story. I think it was good too because it, like we, like you know,
2: uh, Amy said it. This is nineteen eighty four, so. There's malls, right? And and we're getting into the '84 year, and I think that was a fine intro for the present day Wonder Woman. Why, you know, why not? You know, they could have had that as the intro instead of the the flashback to
1: her as a child. And and that's the scene that I that I have trouble with. Apparently, there was a dispute. Wonder, uh, Brothers told Patty Jenkins that she really needs to get rid of one of the two opening scenes. There's the two opening okay. scenes. It's taking way too long to get to the action in the story, because after that op- after that those two opening scenes, it's an hour until you get to Egypt. So the only action you have, and it's an, uh, or, or is a moment with the thug in the park, and then one hour later, her beating the thug up. Uh, Cheetah beating up the thug, Minerva beating up the thug up uh, or the, the asshole up uh, after she gets her powers. So it's a full yeah, hour before real the action. The mall. What's that?
4: She beats up the guys in the mall. I mean, that's an action scene. And the guys in the mall yeah. are part of the main story because they're the ones who stole the wishing stone in the first place. No,
1: that's what I'm saying. That ends at 15 minutes or 16 minutes in. The scene of, of Minerva beating up the creep. Is an right. hour and fifteen into the film, so it's an hour
2: right, right, after right. that. But, but you could argue the first two opening scenes, the mall and the Olympics as a child, were action scenes. So, and that was a third. That's, that was like
1: the, that's, that's the point is that it's taking too long to get there, and but the action scene in the Olympics doesn't tie into the story really. It's it's or not effectively. I don't think you excise that. I think the story still stands.
0: Yeah, um, I, I would. Agree. But I like I mean, that opening. I, I didn't I all mean, the mall part as much. I I, See,
2: I, I I could have been fine with, with just the mall, because that is, you know, you know after two years waiting for Wonder Woman, and suddenly the movie opens, and then you have the mall scene, and you're like, yeah, it's Wonder Woman! You know, so I would have preferred that, but I, I still had no issues with the, the first scene either.
1: But my problem with the first scene is it's a sports scene that doesn't understand why sports scenes work, right? Is that she's got a competition and she's got a goal to reach, but we're never told what, what, why she's in the competition, what the competition is or the, what rule. the goal is. Right. And <laughs> well, so it was kind of obvious how I
0: didn't think she cheated. That's how that, I,
1: right. She didn't. She
2: didn't. She didn't get the the arrow through through the thing. And so if she had gone back up, shot the arrow through the thing, and then slid down, I would agree. But since she didn't shoot the arrow through the the hoop, that's the reason why I think she got suspended. Not because but she slid But the thing is, you're,
5: yeah.
1: you, or for something like that, for a scene like that to really have good tension, you need to know what the characters are supposed to do. Instead of saying, what is she doing? Why is she doing that? Why is she
0: shooting this thing? Oh, is
1: this? She's at the was, end. Uh, oh, wait. No, she's not at the obvious. end. You're going thought,
0: further. It's just a signal so people could know where they're at. I didn't think that was necessarily part of the competition. No, no, no.
1: That's, I, I agree, but the point
0: is – Hey, hey
2: Mike, Mike, you've played Fire Cry 5 where you have to do the, the plane through the, the the smoke hoops. So you, I, that's what I think right? Yeah, you have but,
1: to get through all of them. Right, but you shouldn't have to figure that. Right, if but, you're, if let's say you've got, let's say you've got a sports hello. scene, and you you're sitting that? at, hello? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah, and so you're like, so you, you, let's say you're in a movie, in a sports movie, and you've got a, watching a football game. You don't know what the score is, you don't know what the downs <laughs> are, you don't know how many yards they are, you don't know what yard line they are. It's hard to get invested in what the game is. Even though you already know the rules of football. Here, we don't even know what the rules of the game are. And this is kind of what I'm getting at is that this is a problem you have with the whole film. Because the thing with Max Lord is we never really get what his goal is, right? We never find, so we never know if he's close to achieving his goal, which would add tension to it. Right, his goal, he just, even if it was something where he was moving his goal we would at least know he got his goal now he's moving to his new goal and that adds tension because we see him just keep
5: escalating I, I, and escalating, I, and, escalating I, and
2: escalating I agree, I, I think Mac, the Max Lord What was the problematic thing with this movie more than anything else I, I know some people like Anthony Thurber thought he was the best part but I, I personally thought he was the worst part of the entire film and not the actor but just the whole whole scenario his goal
0: and all that yeah, I, I totally agree. It was too long. And it he
2: also was, t- took away yeah, from Cheetah.
0: Yeah,
1: because
2: I want to see Cheetah. I don't care about this guy. Who the hell is this guy? Get him out. Of and they, I
1: didn't, see and they didn't really lay out the rules well. And I think one of the worst things they did was when you finally get to the climax of the film, you're at the emotional point. They decide, oh, now that we're here, let's also give you the guy's backstory. Yeah.
4: yeah. And, right.
1: then we're and then we still sorry for. You find it. out he's just he almost he just everybody.
2: Right, his inner child is hurt, and so that's the reason why he became a megalomaniac. It's like,
1: whatever. And, so, and well, first of all, it does, it's not necessary because I already had some empathy for the guy because they had the the him and his and his and his son at the beginning of the film at the beginning, and it humanized oh, him in the air. That was all you needed. Yep. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah.
2: Right. And and at the end, I don't want to. Uh, have him humanized anymore because he already did all these terrible things. So if anything, I just want him to be arrested and put in jail for life. So why should I have any pity for him? So when they, they try to make him, you as the audience have sympathy for him, I, I felt that was insulting. Mm,
4: I don't think it was insulting, but it just it was a little bit over over the top. Maybe Pedro Pascal didn't want to have, be such a bad guy because he's kind of like a good guy in Mandalorian now. Maybe he, that he had that in his contract or something.
2: Then he shouldn't cool. have took the role. Yeah, mm-hmm. then he shouldn't have took the role.
5: But
1: I think I think it's a matter I I don't know I think they wanted it in there to give him some redemption because he doesn't go to jail at the end, right? I think they wanted you to feel sorry for him. There are, there are no repercussions to the film. We don't know what happens. I don't think to Barbara at the end of the film.
0: No. No, um, no, no. Well,
2: yeah, yeah. We just see her looking into the sunset, and she's back to human being. Human. And,
1: and she, and she never. Well, and she never. she never renounces her not wish? the sunset.
2: The, the um, No. The, no, but it doesn't matter. I, I explained that to Barrett or somebody offline. Um, it's not the sunset. It was dawn. But uh, what it was is the moment he, the Max, uh, rescinds his wish, that would make everybody else's wishes just disappear as well.
4: But what that, about that
2: was her my, original understand. wish on the actual stone? Well, the stone, if he w- rescinds his wish and he's not the stone anymore, the stone just disappears forever, I think. because well, the stone, no, because
1: never it's it's
0: stone should be back. Yeah, but then it should go back to what it was before he touched the stone. Yeah. Which means yeah, her yeah. original wish would still be in force, because the stone still exists. She made the wish on that stone. Yeah.
5: That's, that's I, I understand all
0: that,
2: but, but I'm just trying to, uh, you know... Well, wait, explanation of what happened which is the he became the stone and the stone probably died when he rescinded his wish whether or not that's makes sense it's a different argument but I, i'm explaining why i think she is okay and she's her wish
0: is gone well she probably has her original wish so she looks yeah. normal but she still has right. power like and oh, that that's and power. that.
1: And that's, that's something I would kind of like because it would mean a that that she still has her power. B she would also be immortal, right? So if she so she wanted She'd to be, be like Diana, battle. yeah, exactly. sense, so man. she could still be a foil for Diana, and she could go back to being Cheetah. A either by finding the wishing stone or just do what the original character didn't put on a Cheetah costume and and fight that way if she wanted to do that. Yeah, um, that but there is a chance to do more like with her. Yeah. I'm saying there's at least a chance maybe she comes back in the sequel. the The, the wishing stone is now out there as a potential plot device. Um, if they want, it could be out there if they wanted to. It could be disappeared too if they wanted to do that. You know, it, and, it's and, really and,
2: you're, and, and and Barrett's right, which is she still could have her superpowers because she's she never uh, rescinded the wish right. of the first wish. So that makes makes her still a setup possibly for a future film, even though she won't be it's cool because she won't be cheater, but. As Barbara Minerva, she was friggin' awesome as she well. Just won't
4: be cheetah. She just won't be like mer. Like I, um, I a um half person, person half cheetah.
0: They won't need <laughs> right. CGI for her,
3: right? Well, maybe she could just wear a costume again.
5: Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. As Mike
3: said, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but either way,
0: either way,
2: um, she was awesome throughout the film, even before becoming
1: cheetah. I felt. Yeah. So I also thought the whole invisible plane thing was completely out of place (laughs)
5: um
2: i i i felt uh that it was pretty cool because okay they brought it in and they got it in i do agree that with some people's complaints which is how did they just get onto the air force base even though she had a smithsonian badge because it is part of the space and aerospace museum but uh, obviously the other major problem that people mentioned is how could he fly a jet engine if he's a biplane pilot
0: and it's totally and filled with fuel too, <laughs> for,
1: for for a two way flight. Yeah, um, and 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 then they give her flight powers at the end of the film. Yeah, but the main thing is that all they really is they just they they could have solved it by just saying Steve has a passport, and. Remember, Steve is actually another dude who's living in D.C., oh, yeah. and a lot of dudes in D.C. probably had passports.
2: Yeah, but but again, though, Mike, that wasn't the point. The point was – I'll, I'll I'll use the term even though I don't think it's appropriate, but it's the best term I can think of at the moment. It's fan service for the folks who are waiting for it, the baseball jet.
5: Because it is exactly what that is. Jet.
1: We want the But then, the then you – you you, you, if you're going to do fan service, you incorporate it well. They don't do it well here. Because it's a thing that happens that has no impact on the rest of the film that you can completely remove from the film and not change the film at all, and it slows no, no, the film and agreeing. it slows down a film that is already two and a half hours long.
2: Yeah, uh, but
1: again, no, I don't think that was the, the scene that, that was was the issue. It, it was other
2: issues in the film, not not this. There scene, are, this
1: there scene. Are, it's it's a lot of the, the more you remove that doesn't need to be there, the faster the film will go and the, the smoother it is a ride going going there. I mean, really, yeah, the but, whole well, scene seemed like it would be truth. awesome in, in IMAX 3D, which, of course, we're, we're, most people aren't going to get because it was straight to video. Yeah, but but
2: yeah, again, but uh, they didn't that expect was, the
4: pandemic,
2: and that right, they weren't expecting that. And also, that scene is one of the big scenes that everybody has been talking about as because you got to see that scene because of you know the fireworks and all that. So <laughs> and and you again, did. you may dislike it, Mike. That's fine. I, I agree. You, fine, you, you dislike it, but again. That's, for you, the reason it was an issue. Everybody else, well, let me rephrase, a good portion like myself, a lot of people, was, no, it was not an issue at all. That, for, that some people,
1: for a lot of people, it's an issue, it's an editing issue. And editing sometimes, well, there's a reason why when you watch deleted scenes and people say, oh man, that scene's awesome, why didn't they put it in there? Because sometimes putting a thing in, even if the scene itself is fine it's on got, its, its own and I don't it's think this scene is fine on its own, is that it slows down the film. It doesn't need to be there. It detracts from the okay, plot. Your,
2: all right. All right. We agree to disagree. For you, it, it was a problem. You, okay. We agree you're wrong. Good. Let's move yeah. on. Well, don't be Eric. Right. Now you sound
5: like Eric. <laughs> right. Don't forget about uh, me.
4: I actually liked it, too. And I think yeah. that we all have to remember that this is a movie. This is this is made to, to make money.
5: T- and this is and made t- to make
4: a beautiful, like, shiny object that people are going to want to see. So they're going to, you know, they're going to cast Gal Gadot and they're going to cast Christian Wig. They're not going to cast like, you know, I don't know. Um,
2: Roseanne yeah. Barr and, yeah, and Amy, exactly. Amy yeah. Schumer.
4: They're going to make this, they're going to make the shiny um, fireworks, invisible plane scene work because it's, it's to make money. It's, you know, I, I always, Worry about trying to make too much sense out of movies. Forgetting that there, there's a reason that it's a movie.
1: Yeah, but again, I think there's it, there's there are things that can make the movies better. This has obviously left. Again, the the the, the Rotten Tomato scores have plummeted after it was the the score the the embargo was lifted. The audiences aren't thrilled with yeah, it. Yeah, but the box office is I'm I'm at, at, 7, and the percent audience. Yeah, which isn't great. Is fantastic for a pandemic. It is not. It's not fantastic. It's okay for a pandemic. For a, for a, for a pandemic, it's okay. It's, it's fantastic. It's okay. We, we it's have, okay, and
2: have it, has people dying.
1: it has a massive drop. It has a massive drop. in second and thousands of people It is dying. not doing great, Phil. Stop trying to to to, to spin uh, it. 180 180- million in 11 days during
2: a or pandemic. That's
0: I, have, I, have good. I have more practical questions. Could the jet actually fly through the fireworks? And why did Steve Trevor seem so surprised by fireworks? He never oh, went to China yeah. before.
2: <laughs> no, no, I don't think he was surprised about fireworks. I think he, was, he didn't know that it was 4th of July. I remember, know. that's what he said. He goes, oh, it's 4th of July. What, why, did they have, why is that, what's that going on? And she goes, oh, it's 4th of July. And he goes, oh. See, because he, that's what it was. It wasn't because he hadn't seen fireworks better. Right, you know, because
1: if you were in Washington in D.C. on the 4th of July, there's no way anybody would ever know that. No,
2: so, it was 4th of July. He just got resurrected within the past few days. I, I'm sure the first thing he, he's going to do it isn't, it isn't going to go to a calendar. He just went to, Gal said it's 1984,
1: and that's it. And you, you let me ask, if this was Christmas, do you think he would know it was Christmas?
0: Oh my God. These, You guys are, are killing me. What about fireworks <laughs> that have affected the jet, that have taken the jet Phil, down? you're talking about the nation's
1: capital on 4th of July. It is not something they keep secret. <laughs>
2: a, a, a guy that just got resurrected three days Phil, earlier.
1: The, uh, Phil, there will be clues in the background. There will be clues. There's decorations that will be hanging. There will be all sorts I, again, of things to tell deal, you
2: the Mark. time. Again, it's not a big deal,
1: Mike. It was this. It was. It seems like it was very much added after the fact, like an additional okay. scene put in there that didn't fit.
3: Hey, can I can I ask a stupid question? Uh, uh, we already agreed did, did, to disagree, did, Mike. Yeah, go on, Kevin. Did and we talk about how they question. got the plane in the first place yet? I'm sorry, I I, I kind of zoned out here for a how minute. how they
2: got the plane. Yeah, uh, it was they, they by, It was owned it. by
3: the- Stole it.
2: Yeah, yeah, they, they stole it. They got on on the base because it was Smithsonian Aerospace Museum. I am I
3: mean, just sitting here thinking to yeah, myself, it. Wonder stole Woman it. Stole, it. stole a plane. Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah, but again, a plane. I, I, I've they talked to people about that,
2: too. I'll explain. Okay. And it was
3: fuel. If this is a plane sitting for display, why do they have fuel in it? It
0: was. They're probably doing. Yeah, yeah, I'd said that earlier, but yeah, it's that's weird. All right, and
3: I'll tell
2: you why she stole it, and she doesn't feel guilty. The the same reason that other superheroes say, or 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 private eyes that are good guys in films say, "I'm taking your car," Uh, uh, sorry, and they just drive away with it. That's that's the the best explanation you got is that they're taking it because they're doing something good, even though they're taking it unwarranted.
3: Who does that? Because I've never seen Superman or Batman do that.
5: Superman, well, Superman,
3: Superman doesn't need to. Batman's done work, (laughs) and he (laughs)
2: has all
1: this stuff. Well, couldn't she have just turned Steve invisible and put him on the plane with
0: her? (laughs) (laughs) No, she can only do planes.
3: Maybe she can only do inanimate objects because the only one share the only thing. I have to admit, I like the. I did this once on a mug. I still can't find it. (laughs) <laughs> all right i did this through funny. a mug i lost it that's I, right I, I, that's right that was kind of cool yep.
2: but um yeah i don't i don't think i don't think the fireworks would would be an issue with a supersonic jet or or, or a, fl- fighter, a fighter private and that's
3: well no i mean they're, they're flying okay they're flying through fireworks but the thing is is that a lot of what those i mean fireworks are i mean fireworks are not solid thing i mean obviously when they go up they're solid but then when they explode they explode all, all really is is just as far as i remember pyrotechnics pretty much it's it's powder that's on fire so i mean really they're they're little out, bombs oh so well it just hits go goes through i mean it's not going to go through the jet but it might just I don't know. Might okay, hit it. That part didn't bother me. That they're that little bombs.
1: Just, it depends on how close. I don't think they got that close to them.
3: Right, right. And so I mean, that part didn't bother me. The part that bothered me is, wait a minute, she stole a jet. Yeah, she, yeah. Well, the, thing, uh, the uh, thing is, it wouldn't bother me so much. But the, at the beginning of the movie, we're talking about don't cheat, don't cheat. You know, follow the rules. They stole a human body. Yeah. And, yeah, he stole I mean, a human. He stole a human body. He stole a
0: jet. No, no. All right, all right. Kevin, we're, we're going to move on
3: from
2: the, the jet. But again, my explanation of where superheroes eyes, police offices—they say, "I'm taking your car w- without permission." That, that it's the same principle, whether or not you agree well, with it. But they're not Wonder Woman.
0: I have, I don't you know. have a problem with taking the jet. I, I don't have a problem with that. The body, <laughs> I don't like that.
3: Well, I mean, she didn't mean, I mean, obviously, when she wished it, she did not mean for, she did not specifically wish, oh, I wish that Steve Trevor's spirit would have it.
0: She sure goes along with it.
3: Yeah, she definitely does. It's funny, Park, because I saw this one article says, well, you don't really see them having sex, so you don't know if they really did. I'm like, oh, come on. (laughs) They woke up in the same bed, scantily clad. What do you think?
2: yeah, of course. That. Everybody knows that she had sex with him in the first movie, never mind this movie.
0: So, yeah, that's. Exactly. they didn't show it in the first movie. Yeah, because it's PG right. it's for, for kids.
3: Right.
5: For kids. Right. Yeah. Well, that,
3: that was my reaction. As I just said that was my reaction to the article I read because they were trying to justify this, and that article fell right. very short. Right. right. I did think
1: maybe we were going to set something up because it's, uh, I think it might be Barbara, but someone says something about how she might have been something in a past life. So I thought maybe they might have done something where they were going to say that Steve's body was actually that he had been come back. So it's he was reincarnated as this person. And now his his memory and his has come back and he remembers he used to be Steve. I think that might have been a better way to get around. Oh, that, that that's issue. a good way. To, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's,
2: that's right. not bad, too. But but it doesn't solve- it still solves doesn't solve Barrett's problem, which is. Why does she see Chris Pine instead of this other actor? Well,
1: yeah. then you could have just well, cast Chris Pine and <laughs> made well, it Chris Pine, you know, made it look like him. If you, want. I mean, God knows we've, we've, how many Dracula films have we have done that in, right, yeah. where Dracula sees the woman who is the spitting image of his lost love. You know, right. they, they could have they could just as easily have done that with. Um, yeah.
3: Right. With Steve. Well, I mean, yeah. they, they kind of cover it a little bit because Chris, uh, Trevor looks, he says, look, you know, this, this isn't, this isn't how I look. And, you know, and Diana looks back, and says, all I see is you. Right. And they just kind of, they kind of answer that a little bit that way is, and I think maybe just for the audience, just having it as Chris Pine would kind of alleviate confusion of now, who is this guy again? You know, it's just, Oh yeah, this, this is Chris Pine. This is Steve Trevor, you know, and, and just leave it at that. I mean, you could have done it either way, really. In, in my opinion, you could have done it either way, but I understand why they brought Chris Pine back. I, I, I do understand.
0: I understand it. I just don't like the method of bringing him back. That's my only issue. Right, well, right, right, I don't
3: right. either, but that's so, beside the point. Sure,
2: sure. So, so we, we can agree that that yeah, they they again, these are script issues. They could have done it a little differently. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought we were going to talk more about Kristen Wiig as Cheetah, or, or I should say Barbara Minerva, um, because I felt she stole the film. Uh, not that Gal Gadot wasn't awesome in her scenes either, but every scene that Wiig was in, especially uh, when she, after the, the Wish, and her growing and growing into this more, um, I guess, uh, sexual being, uh, well-dressed woman, confident, but she also um, strong. With what's
4: healed? that? She also became evil, and she was like, right. she went from like, I'm gonna feed the homeless guy to, I'm gonna kick this guy to death, even yep. though he's a dick. He wasn't like a kick you to death dick.
3: Right, and the homeless yeah. guy said, "Hey, what's going? What's wrong with you?" And she's just, she just pretty much goes tells him mind his own business. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You I mean, know. Right. So, right. Well, she her well, character development went the I, went went the wrong way.
2: Well, I, I'll, I'll say well that's the point because she becomes a supervillain. But but I will say one thing about that homeless guy is I think she was going to be raped by him in the first
3: scene. No, 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 that's and not so, the homeless
1: guy. You're you're confusing the the two. Yeah. There was there, well, the there homeless, was a, just the a drunk... homeless
3: guy. Is the guy that she she gave she gave a meal to. him. mean she went out right. to a restaurant and got it to go and, and gave okay. it. A...
4: Drunk guy was the.
3: Uh, the, the, so, yeah, okay, the, so, so
2: what are you guys complaining about then? Then when she beat up the guy, it was the guy that almost raped her in the first scene. Correct. Yes.
1: Well, she's yeah. saying that she almost that she was going to kill him, and
3: and then the homeless guy, the guy that she had previously given a full meal to, oh. saw it happening and said, "What are you doing? This isn't like you." And she pretty much yeah. told him off. Yeah. Right.
2: Well, at that point, her emotions were sky high. So at that point, I mean, you know, when anybody is in a certain mood, you don't even want to talk to, you know, your children or or your parents or or anybody for that matter. So, but that's what
1: that was them telling us what her cost was because she, you know, where he says, yeah, where they make an argument that she's lost her, her heart, her compassion, whatever it was,
3: her humanity,
1: her her humanity. Now, by the way, do you remember uh, what book the, the homeless man was reading?
4: Oh, I didn't check
3: it. I didn't see I it. I checked
1: it. He's waiting for Godot. Oh, no, I, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: good. I, I would Waiting like to,
5: for Godot.
3: I, I would like to mention at this point, when we're for talking about Kristen Week now, she is actually from my hometown. I did not know that. What? Where is that? Uh, Rochester. She is from Rochester, New York. She's from a suburb. Uh well first she's from a a town south of us called Canandaigua then she moved up to a suburb that's like right next to where I grew up. Um
4: there was like a movie it was like Girls Night Out or something like that. It wasn't it was a lot like Bridesmaids but it wasn't and and there was like an Australian character was that her? I don't
3: know. She I don't know if that I know she was in a movie like um, that. I she was also in, uh I I looked her up on IMDb uh as we started. That's how I found out that she's from my hometown, oh. uh, the thing is, she was also she was in Saturday Night Live.
5: Yeah, for, years. for a
3: couple of years, and I, I did not know that.
0: Um, yeah, bridesmaids. Um,
5: yeah,
3: yeah, she was, was
0: bridesmaids.
2: She's Norwegian. Uh, so, so technically, Kevin is right and, and not right because he she's actually fr- grew up in Rochester, but she was born
3: in another
2: town. What? What's that
3: again? canadaigua which is about 40 minutes south of uh, rochester right right yeah it's
2: it says here she she at the age of three she left that town moved to lancaster pennsylvania and then came back a couple years later to rochester central and actually uh went to high school in rochester so yeah right yeah yeah there
3: you go yeah and she graduated (laughs) a year after eric and myself
2: yeah that's right because she's uh our age man uh uh No, I'm sorry. Yeah, she's actually your, your age. She was four, uh, 1973, and you guys are what,
3: 74? Two. It's two? Okay, gotcha. Well, I'm two. Eric's three, actually. Gotcha. Yeah, but, so she's, but she's from my hometown, and I did not know that. That is kind of cool. That is actually awesome. Yeah. But anyway, that I totally sidetracked. I'm sorry. I just wanted to mention that. But um, she did, like I said, she did do a good job uh with with her character i mean yes we saw her she was sacrificing her humanity as she because also we first you know she's the same person that you know she comes in and it's like oh who, what's your name again uh you interviewed me well yeah well what was your name again you know okay this you know, they keep on forgetting her they kind of put her aside they kind of brush her aside and all that and the only one that shows interest is diana and even Diana at first didn't really give her much notice, but then I think Diana kind of had took some pity on her and, you know, decided, okay, fine. And then later on they decided to go out and have dinner and Diana becomes a friend. You know, it, it's, it seems like Diana has a very lonely life. It's like, she doesn't have friends. She doesn't go out much. And then she says, uh, so she decides to go out with this. I forgot, I forgot her name.
4: Um, Minerva Dan- Minerva. Barbara-
3: she says, "Okay, well, let's let's go hang out for dinner." And they 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 had a great time. They they become fast friends, but she's still kind of ignored. And then she she wishes, like, "Okay, I wish I was just like Diane." And all of a sudden, not only do people remember her name, they pay attention to her. They realize she's smart because she is brilliant. I mean, her character is brilliant, but they keep on ignoring her. She she's just that 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 person that you know you just no charisma. No career. Well, it's even. It's not even that. It's just no confidence. It's right. That, but also, nobody just pays attention to her. She's like, well, social
1: I, awkwardness. There's
2: all sorts. of... We've, yeah, seen social this awkwardness. Work. Doesn't doesn't know this, how to dress.
3: Right. And then all of a sudden, all these people are paying attention to her. She's cracking jokes, and everybody's laughing at her. They want her attention. Laughing want, with her. Some of the guy. Yeah, they're yeah. laughing with her. Some of the guys actually want to go out on a date with her now. You know, all that sort of thing.
2: Oh, and then she has sex with a guy and finds out that, oh, um, people like me and all this other stuff. But I think the moment she becomes, quote unquote, bad is when she finds out that Diana wants to get rid of the stone. Yeah. Because prior to that, it was right after that. and, And she freaks out. And then she does her research. And then she has her her jog and then that she, she beats up the homeless guy, I mean not the homeless guy, the drunk, and then yells at the homeless guy. And that's the moment that we find out that she's turned. But prior to that, I don't know if she would have became bad if she wasn't threatened to have her new identity of yeah. being loved and respected and all that being gone.
1: Yeah. Well, but she, she, the idea is, though, the, her cost was losing her humanity to it. Right. So, like, Wonder Woman's powers, right, it was, they didn't do, like, Spider-Man 2 or Superman 2 and Wonder Woman 2, where Wonder Woman suddenly lost her powers. They, you know, it was a gradual thing. So she was kind of gradually losing her, her, her humanity, her, her compassion, you know, and right. that's what she gave well, up. Well,
2: that's, that's what that. I kind of wrote in my, my review on, on the DarkDiscussions.com website was, is that she was kind of like an incel in a sense, a female version of an incel, and then when she suddenly is becomes someone that's wanted and has confidence and all this other stuff, you don't want to lose any of that. And so she's now seen the flip side of life. And when Wonder Woman says we got to get rid of the stone because of what it's doing or what this nut is going to do with it, she, her humanity. You're right. She loses it, but she loses it because she sees the old Barbara Minerva, which is someone that no one likes and no one respects and no one whatever. And I think that, and that's the that freaks her out. Now, again, other people may have been a little less angry
1: about it, but at least they—they're they, 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 already hinting at it earlier with the with the scene with the with the creep, Um or at least that's what they're intending to the. It's, it's not just that. That's that's what motivates her to oppose Diana.
5: No, and the that's creep, what it but motivates she, her to side up with the Max.
2: Creep, a- she beats up the creep after. After Diana says we got to get the stone, get rid of the stone. Okay, because the, then Diana goes to Egypt.
1: But the point is, she's supposed to be losing her humanity anyway. Right, and. Because there has to, because every every wish
2: comes with a cost. You're right, Mike. You're right. Yeah, she she finds out about the stone before Diana says we have to get rid of it. So you're right. Yeah, yeah. So she's already losing her humanity. But again, that's because she doesn't want to go back to what she was prior, which doesn't make it right, but it makes
1: well she's losing her humanity because that's the price of the wish.
2: Well, that's true. Yeah, 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 that's right. You you that's like Diana losing her power. You're right, because of the the price of the wish. You're right.
1: Right. And 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 I have seen complaints that we've seen this story before, which again we have. Yeah, um
5: hundreds of films.
4: Comic
1: books. Right, yeah. but but comic books are tropey, right? And yeah. and this is a trope. This is the the bullied, nerdy person who gets power and the power corrupts them. You know, we saw it with uh, Jim Carrey and as as the Riddler and Batman Forever, and we saw it with Amy Fox as Electro, and we saw it with with Chronicle. Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Chronicle. Chronicle. Right. There's another good example. Um, so so yeah, it's it, and was
4: going to make really powerful. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's 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 just a matter of it's a trope. Comic books lean heavily into tropes. I don't have a problem with it. You know, Batman is a trope, right? The, the person who seeks revenge. You know, it's a revenge story. Right. Yeah, yeah. It just, that, that didn't bother
2: me at all. Um, having her be the person she was at the beginning of the film and then suddenly becoming this sexy, charismatic, strong woman. That eventually becomes corrupted because of the backlash of what the wish should do to you or the stone does
0: yes. to you. Basically, I think the stone is what does it to her. She doesn't just yeah. become evil because of power. She becomes right. evil because, because of the negative That's the negative part of the wish.
5: Well, I think yeah. we know
1: what the problem is, is that she's a very, very smart woman who is well-educated. She's a scientist, and she's spent so much of her life in books, she's never watched any movies. Because if she'd seen any movies, she would have known all she needed to do was take her glasses off. Right, right. And she well, would have been well, beautiful and I,
2: confident. I mean, I mean, it was a great scene at the beginning, which is, oh well, so I, I, you know, I shouldn't well, well, have these well, pumps right, because because scientists don't wear pumps, and then, and then Wonder Woman says sometimes they do, and she has you know five five inch heels or something, and so she's been she's been programmed to be, believe that that you have to be a dork to be a scientist, and that doesn't have to be true at all.
1: No, again, that which is another trope.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a stereotype in a sense. Yeah, engineers and scientists or or whatever they're they're dorks or whatever. And Gail Goddard's character Wonder Woman or Diana Prince shows that no, you don't have to be uh, unstylish or unsexy or uncool to be a scientist. Yeah. You, can. you can.
4: And in a, a little bit of a way too, as a woman, you get a kind of pressure on you that if you are stylish and sexy you're not taking it seriously and so I thought that was really nice of the film the show that everybody respects Gal Gadot's character even though she's stylish and sexy but they still respect her for her mind and her accomplishments and I think that that was kind of probably Patty Jenkins way of saying hey that, that is that can be just as true as being the nerdy scientist person you can be both and that's
2: all right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome as well. And I always felt that way too. I I never understood these tropes in films. Why why are they making these people dorks or ugly or whatever? And it's like, you know, because I I know plenty of um, engineers or computer programmers or accountants or whatever that are, are, you know, good looking folk or, or, or whatever. So, it's just or dress nice, you know. I mean, all you have to do is go to Boston, and you, you find dozens of people, both men and women, who are highly educated in nerd professions that know how to dress and, and are, are cool. So, well,
1: for the same reason that they have uh, astronomers in movies wearing lab coats, even though all they're doing is looking through a microscope, uh, <laughs> not a micro through a telescope, you know, is yeah. is yeah. it's a trope, and we need, and and it's a it's a cliche, and it's lazy thinking and these are mostly writers and they're not people who actually know real scientists.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, That's a fair point. Yeah.
4: Maybe the writers didn't even do it. Maybe it was the costume department. Is costume the
1: department or, well, in terms of, he's talking about the characters, right? Yeah. Why are the characters written that way? And, you know, it's, it's the trope you need, you know, and you go back to like a movie, like the thing, you know, you need a particular, you had to have the, the, the looking Scientist type amongst all the alpha male soldiers, right? That's because mm-hmm. that, he's got to be the he's the outsider in that group. He, he's the scientist. That that's his role is the scientist. The scientist. In what movie? Prototype. The in thing. What movies? The 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 thing from another world. Oh oh, gotcha. Yeah yeah, yeah. i switched in yeah.
2: Right right right. Yeah, the original one. Yep. It's right. Nineteen fifty-six or whatever it was. Yeah. Okay. Alright. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I liked how they they flipped that. As Amy said, they flipped it, which is no. Gail Dugardot is sexy and stylish and cool, and she's also smart and successful and well respected. And that's why Barbara uh, wants to become friends with her because that's the thing is that like oh if I'm friends with the cool chick, then I can be cool too. You know, like in high school or whatever. But also. Um, Barbara wants to be like Gal Gadot too because uh, intellectually she's e- an equal so all she needs to do is get out of the awkward
3: shell and whatever you know. I personally thought she just wanted to be friends with anybody and Gal and Diana uh, yeah. was like the first one that really came along that made any sort of um, I wouldn't say did they, showed any sort of interest and her as a person, you, you know
2: what? You know what? That's maybe true, but I also think it was it was both. It was also she thought she, she was cool because you know that line. Oh, so sometimes the scientists do wear high heels, and then right. they show the fancy high heels, and, and Barbara's like, "Ooh, this is this curl's is cool. Yes, this is cool." So I don't know. It could be both, but that's a fair way to look at it too, Kevin.
1: Well, I like the fact that they have that they do have her be because it's very easy to have, the easiest thing maybe for them to do was to have her brushed off by Diana, and you know have her feel resentment towards Diana, um, and that's yeah. how she ends up becoming a villain. You know that would be very easy to do, uh, sort of like Jim Carrey resented Bruce Wayne in Batman Forever. Um, but they have because you know this is this is Wonder Woman, right? This is Diana. She see she brushes off her request to do lunch or or what have you. She sees that she hurts her or like right, that she um makes her sad Disapp- because disappoints of that. disappoints disappoints okay. her and so she and so she goes out of her way to very quickly repair that damage. You know because again this is this is who the character of Wonder Woman should be. She is you know you have different types of hero tropes. You know, and some of them are those revenge fantasy you know the the darker the bat- batman types, and then you have your your aspirational ones, and Superman is an example of that, and Captain America is an right. example of that, and Wonder Woman is an example of that of the these, be these are person. the ideals these are the best people we could be, and it doesn't make them boring, I don't think
5: no. no.
4: I I just watched uh, Wonder Woman 1, and you do actually notice her doing things like that, like noticing minor characters and going out of her way to talk to them and to be there for them. Like, she does that with Etta Candy, and then she does it with um, uh, the train-spotting dude that was the sniper. I can't think of his name.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but he was he was the one that was having the really bad PTSD. And she, um, she like, kind of takes them aside and talks to them and makes them... Um, a person. She makes them her focus and that seems to really mean a lot to the individuals in the story and that, so that she d- establishes that as a deep part of her character. So when um, Kristen Wiggs says, thank you for talking to me or, you know, like or noticing I exist or something like that and she like literally sounds like she's about to start crying, um, for Gal Gadot not to have paid attention to that would have been weird. So she was just. That's when she's like, "Hey, let's go for dinner," you know. So I thought it was a nice continuation from the first movie.
2: Indeed, I agree, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about Max's plan. Yeah, it, it appears his whole plan, really, was simply because of his inner child was hurt when he was a little kid that's that's kind of what they boiled it down to by the end it seems
4: yeah yeah it just kind of was like he wants more and just like he wants more of everything
0: more yeah and more and more and more and more and more (laughs) without any thought of yeah Yeah,
2: well he's he's a typical narcissist Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, he would be listed behavioral health
0: wise as a narcissist with a personality disorder for sure. Which is why his end redemption doesn't doesn't fly true.
5: <laughs>
0: because he's such a narcissist, it's hard to believe that you would ever think he did anything wrong.
2: Right, right. Well, and, and, and if he is actually a diagnosed narcissist, I don't think those people can be cured no, by medicine or, or or therapy. So you're right. It, it kind of I mean, I guess they got around it by th- making him think of the son, and he, I want to save my son, which kind of is good. But again, it it kind of was also a lame way as well, I felt.
1: Well, again, I think I, I think they were trying to make a richer character, and there are narcissists. He's He's desperate to be successful. And a lot of times people are driven I I think more so than just being a narcissist. He's driven driven to be a success. Um, he's trying to deal with with his daddy issues. He's driven to prove that he's successful. And he's he's a he's a huckster, right? He's he's a he's a con man, but he's I think one who believes his own bullshit. Right? right. He's convinced, he's um like a Willie Loman type, he's convinced that the next big deal is going to be right there, right? He's, it, it's going to be there. And he, and he figures out the way to do it is by taking a shortcut, right? Which is how this ties in thematically to the the thing at the the beginning, even though I don't agree. I don't think that was cheating. Um, <laughs> but um, so, so that gets it. But again, I don't think we're ever given a real clear, it would be helpful to know what his goal was ultimately, right? And, and he just, we just get to the point where he just wants more and more. We're never clear on how much is that the the, the stone corrupting him,
2: or is um, it just him, or, or or is it amplifying his already narcissistic corruption?
1: Right, and we don't know, like that the, he has these health problems. So is is he is the stone going to kill him? Well, if it does kill him, what happens then? Because just let him die, um, or is it that he's losing his son? Is that the thing that it's costing him? Again, the laying out that, that part of the plot, and we've all, I think, agreed, that is probably the weakest part of it, is that all the, the rules should have been laid out, the goals should have been laid out, and again, the idea that if, they, if he said, I want to be a millionaire, and he gets to be a millionaire, and then says, I want to be a billionaire, well, that amps it up because you start realizing you know, that he's not going to be satisfied with whatever he gets, and that is a thing. You know, Diana is told, you know, learns that she can't have everything she wants. I don't think learns it great, but she can't have her powers and she can't have Steve. I don't know if that's a great message to send. You can, you can be successful, but you can't have a boyfriend. I don't really like that one. Um, I don't know if that's the message. That... The what was that?
4: You can't have one back from the dead. You can have another one that's alive. You still have to move on and like live your life.
1: Right, but unfortunately, right. I think the the thing that, and I think that's also part of the problem is that in the beginning, right? The the theme you know, she's told, um, and I did write it down. Um, you cannot be the winner uh, because you're not ready, um, not ready for it. Uh, no true hero is born of lies, but the idea is that if you work for it, it will come. Right, you will get there. Mm-hmm. Diana can work as hard as she wants. She's not getting Steve back. Yeah. <laughs> so if there was a goal that she really wanted that she could achieve without a shortcut, right? If she was planning for a relationship and ended up with a forced relationship with someone else that she didn't earn, if she had wished that, you know, the guy in the cubicle next to her, you know, that looked like Steve coincidentally – was in love with her, you know. Then, then maybe you could say that's a shortcut and that's cheating. There's no shortcut to bringing somebody back from the dead, or like long way around it. There's that's there's wishes and that's about it. Um, so it so that's why it didn't work for me quite as well thematically. Right.
2: Well. Well. Also, he became her her. Uh, on a related note, if not the the same, topic specifically, he became kind of her conscience, right? Because he's the one that says, "Let me go." And all this other stuff because he understands and she knows as well that they, that's the only way to get her to stop this, this lunatic and that would require him, you know, returning to uh, Valhalla or heaven or Olympus or whatever you want to call it. And, and, and he's the one that tells her, to, pushes her to, to do it and, and she, she finally does. So, as I stated, not directly related to the topic, but a side note with about the Steve Trevor character.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it was kind of, uh, it showed that the, there's things that are more powerful than the justice of a Wonder Woman character. And, the, you know, like a Wonder Woman or ser- superhero character, that they have their vulnerabilities and they have their flaws, too. I think she says something like that to Minerva Minerva um like uh you wouldn't you wouldn't think that I have a lot of problems but everybody has their has their life you know has I don't remember how she says it exactly
1: everyone has their hurdles or something
2: Right right yeah right. exactly
1: Well the idea that yeah. we all we all have things that we are we're dealing with and everybody has stuff has issues some people have more issues than others um, obviously, um, and, you know, I know I shared one video and it was, it was, it was tongue in cheek, but it was about the, everybody getting their, their wishes, everyone will, revoking their wishes, you know, I said, so, well, what about like the person who was dying of cancer? It's like, oh, well, yeah, they, they, they lose their, their wish too, right. The person who was wished to be cured of that, you know, um, again, we all have, you know, Diana made everybody give up their wish, but of course the reason being that it was, you know, imminent end of the world is the, was the real issue there. Um, so yeah. yeah, even the person who gave up their, their, their wish to be cured of cancer or for the, the blind guy to see or whatever it may have been, you know, the, the, the big, the point was to sacrifice the want for the greater good and it just reset where they were. Um, right. But well, again, and you got oh, god, it's, it's also a thing that again, it's, it's, a, it's still a comic book for you want to, you don't want to overthink it that much.
2: Right, and, and and we know there's enough one in every 20 people is a sociopath, and then if you add narcissists and borderline personality disorder and various other things, you know, you could argue one in every 10 persons is a person that has issues that are hard to redeem in some senses. So a lot of those folk aren't going to rescind their wish, and, you know, in real life, you know, if you, there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to rescind their wish, and those people they got around that because my, my original point, which is when Max Lord rescinds his wish, all their wishes disappear, whether or not they rescinded it themselves. Right.
1: And I did like the ending. Um, I, I, I think the whole cheetah thing seemed perfunctory, didn't, didn't quite work within the larger story. I don't think I thought the whole the armor it was, was awesome. a I thought the armor was a way to sell a toy. It really had no place in the story. It's actually
4: a, a legit from the comics thing, though the armor.
1: It is. I know it's it's from Kingdom Come, but in Kingdom Come, the armor is a is a symbolically different because it represents Wonder Woman in a warrior state,
5: mm-hmm.
1: not in a savior state. But I'm fine that they adapted the image, um, and I always liked that image of Wonder Woman, even though it was, you know, a thing that she sort of rejects at the end of that story. But she didn't need it, right? Because she didn't know that Cheetah was Cheetah, so there's there's prob- There was one, and and in theory, she'd gotten her powers back. So I don't understand if she wanted the armor because she didn't have her powers, but she had gotten her powers back. So why did she need the armor? And it just
2: well, felt be, like oh, because kind of went out of because the way Cheetah today. because she knew Cheetah had the equal powers as her. Yeah, I don't,
5: I,
1: I don't. It, it just felt a weird, like they incorporated it in a weird but way into her. the story.
2: But it does make sense, because if she'd have wished to be just like Diana, she's technically equally as powerful as Diana. So the difference is, she doesn't have the armor, but Diana does.
1: It just felt weird. It just didn't feel smooth, or every place they referenced, it felt awkward and forced in. Um, But that was for me. Um, But yeah, I like seeing that on screen. Um, But I like the fact that she does use um this little bs thing that max oh i can touch everybody in the world now eh, all right whatever move along um <laughs> but that she uses the lasso of truth to touch everybody once they've established like i i if someone says i know that's bullshit that max lord using tachyons or whatever to touch everybody in the world uh, all right but once they've established it they've established it right in that yeah. story yeah. so now mm-hmm. wonder woman can do the same with the lasso and reach people that way, and I thought that was an, a a relatively nice and easy solution to to do that.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's a good Absolutely.
2: point too. They did it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once they made that rule, why can't Wonder Woman too? Yeah, that's a fair point.
1: Right. You know, just as I thought, like the 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 stone was also a fairly it's a tropey device, but it's an elegant solution to giving us Cheetah, giving us Max Lord, and and bringing Steve back all in one shot. Rather than having to do three different stories for all three things happening, which would have weighed this movie down even even more. Give us something nice and simple and move along with it.
5: Yeah.
2: Right, right. Yep, yep. I still think they could have done it without Max Lord Because they could have, have just a... had she to do something with the stone, you know what I'm saying? And, and then she protects the stone. But what are you going to say, Mike?
1: I have a feeling. So in the comics... When they kind of reinvented Wonder Woman in the '80s, and they said, "Look, she's from an she's from an Amazon race," and they really more emphasized the warrior aspect of her. So that's the first time you start seeing her with like the shield and the spear, um, and made her gave her a little bit of a harder edge, right? So that she's Superman, but where Superman is kind of a regular guy with superpowers, Wonder Woman is a trained warrior, yeah. still with a good heart, you know, but she's much more. Again, I think you know, I can't. I think to Captain America in that way, in that if she's in a war, she would kill somebody. She just would rather not have to do that. Yeah. Um, and so she's in a situation where Max Lord, in his powers in the comics are a little different. He has power of mind control, and he mind controls Superman into attacking Wonder Woman. And. Ends up creating a lot of devastation, and Wonder Woman reaches Max Lord and says, you know, you, know, how, "You know, how do I stop him?" And Max Lord says, "Kill me," and so she snaps his neck
5: mm.
1: because that was the only way to release Superman from his control. Mm. Um, but
2: it was and, it was permission. It wasn't like she just you know did it in. in well, he well, was you know. goading her.
1: He wasn't. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. he he, was, he wasn't expecting her to do it gotcha gotcha um he was he he, that uh, and he they've changed his character to made him a villain and not a villain back and forth a couple of times so at that point he was a villain and they decided let's make wonder Woman badass and snap his neck i have a feeling there's some people out there like the ones who like wonder woman carrying the heads who wanted that wonder woman they wanted that moment where she snapped max lord's neck and was a badass but again i don't think that's really the heart of the character and if there's a peaceful solution and a non-violent solution to the problem i think she'd find it and they set it up in a way that you could find that peaceful solution yeah
2: right yeah
1: and that makes sense
2: because because again that's just one story writers um version of wonder woman while the you know you could say like that's one and there's say there's 40 others the other 40 uh, the Wonder Woman we know from the movies, which is she's a good, soul hearted doesn't want to kill at all. And that makes sense also for um, who they're marketing the films to as well.
1: Right. And in fairness, Max Lord does get better in the comics because they're comics and nobody ever stays dead.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, so I have a feeling people wanted were maybe more looking for the more badass thing. Again, badass Wonder Woman in No Man's Land and Wonder Woman 1. Some badass Wonder Woman stuff there, and I don't think they wanted Wonder Woman doing her Clark Kent routine here. And, and you know, I think that's, that's much closer to what Wonder Woman really was or always intended to be.
4: What,
1: that she's more right, intended right. to be Clark Kent, or that she's more intended to uh, be... No, that she was the That she's intended to be more of a Superman character, a good-hearted character, not some badass yeah. warrior woman. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. Even though that is a I, I like that part of the character, but that's not supposed to be the dominant part of the character. Yeah. Right.
2: right. Well well and, and the thing is that, that she is badass. It's just that she's also the good natured Superman type person as well. Because you know, you, you can you can have have martial arts skills or, or fencing skills or, or whatever skills and still have a heart of gold. You know. I mean that doesn't mean you're you have those skills because you want to use it to kill people.
4: Right. Yeah, I mean like nobody thinks that like if you walked up to um Bruce Lee like at you know a christmas party he'd be just like I'm going to snap your neck. You know, he'd just right. be like, oh, "Hey,
1: how you doing?" <laughs> right. you well, might be... think that in once upon a time in Hollywood. That seems right.
2: That's that's true. It's funny. Yeah. Um called manslaughter. Right. Manslaughter. Yeah, if he if it did it a mistake, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um let's see uh anything else uh we wanted to bring up
3: uh-huh. uh, i have to admit the there the i don't know if the president in this movie was supposed to be reagan or not but that was not ronald reagan yeah he didn't I even concur- like him
0: it bugged me <laughs> what was that yeah, it, was kind of stupid. it didn't look anything like him i mean and not even close
3: yeah, I mean, what, what they they should have just I, rec- I recognize that actor. He actually played uh, Richard Nixon in a Doctor Who episode. Oh, did he? Oh, I think no. um I
5: just,
1: uh... I th- Sorry. I was just saying I think Bruce Campbell did a much better Reagan in Fargo. I <laughs> 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 the, was the uh,
4: uh, Doctor Who the one the one where um Matt uh Smith was like back in going back in time and like doing all the things with uh River Song and
3: Yes.
5: Oh, okay.
1: But the gotcha. things that you forgot that you saw, the one, the memory.
5: Yeah. Was, the, yeah. Sounds.
1: But but yeah, that 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 whole scene kind of irritated me.
2: That that whole thing, it was just kind of silly. Why? Well, they should have just had a nondescript random president instead of.
5: Yeah, that
0: whole scene felt silly. Yeah. I know
5: really why games. they had Reagan
0: there because Reagan was president then, but it just the whole scene felt silly.
2: Yeah.
4: It was a
2: very uh, war games scene. What's
4: that? It reminded me of War Games when I saw it in the eighties.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm not familiar with it. What is it called? War Games with Matthew Broderick. War, war Games. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it was it was just uh, one of those things where um, it was too on the nose. And, and as Kevin said, kind of crappy way they did it on the nose. For a n- number of reasons And I think they They should have just Well I think
1: it. they were Well they couldn't do 84 And have the president And not have it be Reagan So there's problem number one And they They, and it well, was they did very, with, They did with Egypt Right They they had fake people, Leaders in Egypt Except it wasn't Egypt Um, They landed in Cairo was the airport The country they were in Is one of the fictional countries That they have In, in DC Comics That allows them to do Whatever they want With the country Without changing global politics Um. Right so it's that so that's a little weird thing. Um not and a little thing that I I, I, I watched something about all of the little, like some of the little Easter eggs and that was one of them. I don't think they made it very clear. Um but he wasn't meeting with Sadat, right? He wasn't or no, Sadat was assassinated by then. Uh whoever it was. It was Mubarak still. Mubarak. He yeah, so he wasn't he wasn't meeting with Mubarak or or the or the uh uh whoever the whatever, what's the title for for Egypt? The president was the president of Egypt. OK, so he wasn't trying to meet with the president of Egypt. He was meeting with, you know, some a rich oil person yeah, in right. the Middle East. That's so he true. wasn't trying. Yeah. So, you know, again, you're making president. It's got to be Reagan. And they needed to move the story forward. It felt awkward, but they wanted a way to raise the stakes very quickly. So let's bring back nuclear war, because why not? We're doing the 80s.
2: Well, then they should have just they should have even though he's, he's the guy that that did the treaties to get rid of the bombs and Reykjavik and all this other stuff, but either way, they could have um just had a meet with some important general or something and, instead of just making the the caricature that they they presented instead, which was kind of silly. I felt kind of took me out of the film a
0: little bit. yeah,
4: I wonder if they're going to end up doing a Legion of Doom film. Has anybody heard anything about that?
0: Um, was it That's the
4: end of tough.
1: Justice League? Yeah, it's or like
4: the Justice end- League versus Legion of Doom, sort of a thing.
1: Well, I'm not sure because they 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 have been so all over the map in terms of the success of the films or failures of the films. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I can't remember. Was it just was it the end of Justice League or the end of Aquaman where they introduce a, the concept of a of a and of the Injustice Society or the Legion of Doom? Mm-hmm. Um, because uh you have lex luthor saying i'm getting my own league together i'm getting my own team together uh and i'm trying to remember who was the villain he was speaking to for that if it was black manta or who it was um so the I idea just was just, out there
4: i wish dc could like rope everything together the kind of the way marvel has because it everything seems so like it, it all seems to be its own thing, and it just doesn't have any sort of a, a cohesion. And that the Mar- the Marvel films seem to have this like great cohesion, where everything's kind of going towards one central story. Whereas the DC movies just seem very random, and the tones are all over the place. And I don't know, it's 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 kind of strange.
1: Well, I think one of the problems is jet is that you had Kevin Feige running marvel um because you know if you look at the non uh mcu films they were also kind of all over the place right the x-men films or the spider-man films um and those and the whole those were all very mixed success stories some worked some didn't um you just had a guy who really understood everything and started small right because i believe it you know I, it's hard to think but you know remember but Iron Man, Captain America, Thor were kind of risky projects. They didn't spend $200 million on those movies. Uh, The actors they got weren't huge stars at the time. Robert Downey was at a down point in his (laughs) career, so they got them at a bargain price. Um, And Marvel and and Warner Brothers saw them being successful, and and they were riding off the success of the the Nolan films and Batman. They thought they could just... And everything's been, been... Do what has been successful before, rather than finding the characters and letting them speak with their voice and letting the finding creators that really understood them and just writing hot hands. And I think that's been a problem. So like, oh, well, everybody loved Dark Knight. Let's make Dark Superman. And the people didn't particularly care for that. But Avengers did great. So, oh, great. So if everyone liked Avengers, we'll do Batman versus Superman with Wonder Woman on the side. And then people weren't too thrilled with that. And they said it was too dark. But yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy did great. And Deadpool did great. Oh, so we're going to turn Suicide Squad into a comedy, even though it's pretty much already filmed. So we're going to go back and reshoot it to make it funnier. And so we're going to do that now. And, you know, and 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 it was and it's, so it's always been a lot of fixing it behind the scenes or directives from, up, up from the studio saying, make your movie more like that movie, because that movie just made yeah. a shit ton of money.
0: I like the Superman movie, but that's just me. And I like the batman v superman extended not the right so well i um, put batman i put the extended edition on my top 10 list that year
1: and i and i said give me your slings and arrows i'm fine with it um yeah. but i'm also was willing to recognize right that if if that was like the only version of batman we ever had in movies i could understand being disappointed but yeah. it's it's this is our 48th version of batman in films you know, it's, it's a very different take on the character. It's a character in a particular situation and it's context matters. I, I, you know, I think a lot of the story issues were tightened up in the extended edition. Um, you know, but I understand why maybe it didn't work for everybody and not all of it worked. I, I liked it just fine. Um, I thought justice league was a mess, but again, that that's a whole disaster for a lot of reasons. I'm really curious to see, um, The final Snyder cut, if it fixes it or not. Um, See on that one. So, uh, you know, Wonder Woman, I thought was great until the final act, which, by the way, has come out now that Patty Jenkins has said she didn't want to do the whole final thing. And that was kind of forced on her with um, having to do the final CGI battle with the giant CGI monster. Wasn't a thing thing. she wanted to do, but she was forced to do it.
4: What the heck? Where did that even come from? And what
2: movie is that, Mark?
1: The first. first Wonder Woman, which which I said back oh. then that it looked like a cutscene for Mortal Kombat. Um, gotcha. And, you know, so again, a, a little bit of meddling. And I actually think probably the one that's I don't know if it's the best one they've done, but I think it was the most solid from beginning to end was actually this was the Shazam film.
5: That was, that was really good. Yeah, that, that was, was. It
1: was really it wasn't a great film, but it was a solid, well-written, fun movie, mm-hmm. um, had some weirdly dark things which okay. I, I was kind of surprised with um, for what is always a very lighthearted character. It's still a very upbeat movie. Shazam as a hero is a very up character, but some of the things that happened in the film, I thought were a little, maybe a little heavy for very young kids, right? Because you have an issue where the, where, where Billy Batson is an orphan, you know, and they have some things that deal with that, that I could see maybe not sitting well with some younger children.
4: I kind of. Is there, in comics, is there much interaction between Wonder Woman and Shazam? Because you'd think that the the God contact would be um, bonding for them.
1: I don't know. I mean, I really haven't. Time and money, I gave up kind of reading comics monthly about 20 years ago um i kind of keep up here and there like what are the major story arcs but it's more through news and and reports than it is like really digging down and and reading these monthly issues so i don't know what how yeah, tight the I, continuity I is
4: I was fan and then i then i kind of like wandered over to marvel eventually and became a big x-men fan but eventually all of the tie-overs make it impossible unless you're incredibly rich to to follow everything right
1: and i and they've done so many tie overs and and so many reboots of the universe and they've completely destroyed their, their continuity. I think a lot of people who know the industry have said that the Marvel and DC are kind of running their businesses into the ground. And I I think that's unfortunate because superheroes are never more popular and you're destroying (laughs) the thing that they come from. Um, But I also, there are apparently some really good comics out there. Um, You just have to find the right story. And certainly like the artwork has ever been better. You know, there are some, you know, Batman continues, generally speaking, to be a fairly uh, successful book, but also seems to be fairly well written, depending on who's writing it. But then you still get people out there like Grant Morrison, who who can still turn a good tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Neil Gaiman has done any comics of late.
4: Uh, he hasn't done too much lately. He did the, the Death of Batman a little while ago, but that's probably now been eight years Ten year? like that
1: it's been a while yeah all right uh-huh. um
2: anything else uh related to this movie here right wonder woman 1984 anybody wanted to bring up anybody yeah the post-credit sequence oh let's oh, do yeah.
5: it yeah, really, yeah. we'll talk
2: about it that's part of the let's movie
5: spoiler alert. and they
2: set they kind of set it up too no yeah. the best part of the movie was everything with Kristen wick but no it was, it was and it's the best well, part of the movie and no credit.
1: No, no, no. Phil, yes. it's, yes. it's scientifically oh. proven the, the post-credit sequence or the mid-credit sequence is the best part of the film. Oh, it was awesome. Don't get it's, me wrong. They, they published papers on it. They're is, going to get the Nobel Prize for proving that the final scene in the film is the best fil- scene in the
5: film. See, in fact, told, <laughs> well, yeah.
2: either, either way, Kristen Wiig <laughs> was, was my hero for the film. But anyway, let's, let's talk about this final scene, which was awesome, even if I don't think it was the best, but it was equally the best. <laughs> I'll say it's equally wonderful. Yeah. Oh, right. no pun intended. Wonderful. Um they actually set it up. They kind of set it up.
1: And... Right, they refer to the great hero, not Athena. Um it was something that began with and not Artemis, but it began with an A. Oh, yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: Oh, <clears throat> uh, uh, Alibaba, whatever it is. Um uh, and, and that's yeah. the armor that that Gal Gadot wears at the end of the film.
5: Yeah.
1: And and you know when she shows the armor to Steve she mentions it belongs to the great warrior Baba, whatever her name is. <laughs> and they at
4: the very beginning at the very end of uh, um, uh, Asteria. the um Asteria. Thing. Asteria, that was it. Yeah. And um, um there was that huge statue of her and she was like look at her she didn't take shortcuts she 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 did the, did everything the right way.
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah, and and um uh, when they do the the flashback scene they they show the, just the eyes of the character and you knew it's linda carter and i actually thought that that was the only scene that because i heard there was a cameo of her in the film and i thought oh that's that's her cameo they were just going to show her oh, eyes. i didn't
1: realize that was her in that in that oh flashback? you didn't yeah yeah, yeah I, uh, I knew
2: I, yeah. I could tell i you
3: did too kevin i didn't
5: i didn't
2: oh you didn't okay yeah so i i knew because uh, I was looking for her anyway, because I knew she had a cameo, and then when I saw that, and I saw those eyes, I knew that was Wonder Woman, yeah. uh, or or Linda Carter, I should say. As
1: a, a, she looked great,
4: by the way.
1: She did. I was like, wow.
2: She's sixty-nine, I think.
1: Yeah. I nice. Uh, yeah, yeah you, know, this, too, a, you know,
2: my brother used to have. My brother used to have a. Post of her on on the walls and we had a puzzle that we we did of Wonder woman of her too and we glued it together and, and, and put it on cardboard and stuff you
1: glued it together imagine your your fingers got really sticky
2: well i was only like six but but my brother was 14 or something and so he yeah. we all put it together and then my father being the 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 woodworker and all that stuff that he did his hobbies he, he knew how to do it and he put it he he was one that really did it um and then he hung it on the wall too uh but either way, um yeah, I I thought that was uh a good fan service scene for sure.
4: I yeah like and it's too, how they like they, they didn't reveal who it was until she turns around and you're yeah, like, Yeah, because you thought it was Gal, time. right?
1: Yeah. You yeah. thought it was Gal, right? Gal Yeah. And in fact the last time you see Gal Gadot, she's in she's wearing a a blue coat or something. Yeah. So it sort of matches what she, what um Linda Carter's oh. wearing. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. trying to trick us. Yeah. Um and and so yeah and she turn and she turns around with the little Wonder Woman flourish just like a, yeah the,
4: just oh, a hit know, she's gonna like keep going into the turn and where
1: smile right yeah. and like the 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 one critic, if I'm going to have a criticism of Gal Gadot and I really don't is this that she doesn't have Linda Carter's eyes because <laughs> she. <laughs> Because those are just, like, the most fabulous eyes, and, yes. um, yep. like, just these blazing bright blue eyes, and they just, they 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 really right. just shine. And, and, and they're the curved, like,
5: like,
2: like you know, like a Chris, uh, Cindy, uh, what tells that, uh, Christy Brinkley-type eyes, so they, like, curve like that, so real supermodel-type eyes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, so they're, they're like, incredible eyes, there's no doubt about it, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, and if you ever yeah, read, we like mentioned so Alex Ross, who, who designed the the armor from the Kingdom oh, yeah, Comics. If yeah. you ever see any of Alex Ross's artwork of of Wonder oh. Woman, he usually uses uh, Linda Carter as his model.
4: Yeah,
1: like he he bases his That's pictures right. on her.
4: Yeah, Alex Ross is amazing.
1: Right. Yeah.
4: But yeah, I really like yeah. that scene, and just like. I don't know, just, it just kind of, it felt like, like you said, you know, like a fan service thing, but also just like, almost like you're saying like a Kevin Feige one, like where you just, you feel like a, a Baby Yoda one, like where you feel like,
2: yeah.
4: you just feel appreciated. You feel like it's it's like a full, like, you know, hey guys, we understand that you lived through this and you, you know, this is your thing and, and we want to like give you a nod back, give you a wink back that, hey, yeah, thanks, man.
5: Right.
2: And and, and whatever you think of Patty Jenkins, she knows her her core and she she she, um, you know, doesn't kind of turn her back on them. And and, and that was a perfect way to give something more to to the core that love her her films, specifically her superhero films. It's my
5: opinion.
4: Yeah, and I I, oh, yeah. I thought it was neat that they used the actor that looked like uh, Lyle Wagner um for the faux Steve Trevor. I thought that was kind of also another uh, neat thing. So they probably would fit in and separate that. The,
0: the guy whose body you took over.
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah. Wahoo, yeah. yeah. He's gonna come like
4: into the next one as her love love interest.
5: I have a feeling uh, the next uh, one oh, is gonna be set. He-
1: Closer to modern
2: times? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be a, someone it can't wouldn't be him unless you know he'd be twenty years old or whatever, right? Or thirty uh-huh. forty years old. Holy shit. Jesus <laughs> <This is> Christ. <crazy. laughs> yeah, actually I already read that they're planning to make it in modern modern times. Oh,
5: okay.
2: So Patty Jenkins has already come out and, and I think Gal has as well said that they're gonna make it as modern times. Um so and they said yeah we're all done with the 80s and we're all done with you know obviously the teens so so i don't think they could use him okay yeah
4: unless they did the um reincarnation thing or the grandson of or whatever which they've done for steve trevor back in uh, other in the 70s one he was like the 'Cause he was the World War Two Steve Trevor, but then his grandson or great grandson or something was the seventies um Steve Trevor also.
2: Oh interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. They could technically bring a Steve Trevor the third back and she and just have Chris Pine play that. Oh
4: yeah, I didn't think of that, yeah.
2: Yeah. And they could just use the same actor, you know. <laughs> so uh, uh, so yeah, that was that was an awesome scene. Like so, that, that's fair. Yep. Kevin, you
4: haven't said a lot. Uh, do you have any opinions on stuff?
3: I just didn't run and interrupt. Um, no, I was. Uh, first of all, I did not recognize Diana Carter's eyes when they were doing that that flashback. Linda, Linda, uh, Linda Carter. Did I say Diana? I'm sorry, Linda Carter. I did not recognize the eyes. Um, the way they had it, though, I should have. Cause I mean, they, they emphasize those eyes and then, you know, when she, you know, she shows her strength and she turns around with that very characteristic, eye sparkle and smirk Linda Carter, Linda Carter smile. Um, I was very happy to see that. I was kind of hoping that she would as, she would have been in uh, a, did a cameo in the, in the earlier wonder woman. Uh, and I knew the the right spot for her to do it. Uh, it's when, um, there's this one scene when they're trying to go to a party and this one woman <clears throat> is kind of complaining, is like, Hey, what's taking so long? And she's wearing this blue dress. And then all of a sudden Gail, uh, Gail, I said it, Gail, Gal Gadot's wonder woman is facing this other woman and they're, she's kind of eyeing her like, Oh yeah, she's about the same size and height as me. And next thing you know, is you see gal gadot walking through that party with the sword in her back wearing that woman's dress i kind of wish linda carter would have been that uh that would
4: have implied that she kicked her ass and i don't think anyone would like that
3: yeah true but the thing is is that it would have been kind of funny just seeing those two just staring at each other that way yeah. but but the thing you know kind of like eyeing each other but the thing is is that uh the way they did it in this movie i thought was perfect. And it kind of makes me wonder, does that mean she's going to come uh, as a character in Wonder Woman 3? Because there is a Wonder Woman 3, at least in um, production or in planning. I I looked that up and it would be be kind of cool to somehow have her come in as like a a mentor or something like that for Diana. Just, you know, or just kind of a, hey, you know, when I, you know. I I don't know. I'm like when I was doing my thing, you know, this is what I did or this is what I learned and kind of becomes that, um, you know, a bit of a mentor, a bit of someone that, uh, you know, Diana can confess to or something like that, considering that, you know, she probably really can't go back to her island for a while. And I'm also wondering would I mean, I know if we're talking Greek gods and I remember there was a, there was an animated series, a, um, uh, like, uh, not a super friends, but the, the justice league animated series where they had a whole bunch of people like wonder woman and Batman and Superman and flash and green lantern and all them. And I thought it was a pretty good series, but, uh, wonder woman was contending a lot with, um, I don't know if it was Mar I can't remember if they called him Mars or um Aries. It was Aries. Uh yeah. they called him Aries. Um They made a few jokes about Wonder Woman's physique in that one too. Like what how she dressed, and at one point she meets Hephaestus, who actually made the armor. And he says, Yeah, I can loosen that up for you if you need, because he's kind of checking her out, checking out her biases. I can loosen that up for you if you need it. But um I wonder if the next Wonder Woman she's going to be battling Ares himself because I know that's oh wait, she did that the last one, didn't she?
4: Yeah
2: Yeah, she what? did yeah. yeah yeah well, it's going to be the I think it's going to be the god that created the um the stone because he had some backstories in the comics, yeah that's what I was thinking of I forget the name of the god, but Anybody yeah. he, a- he's, oh he's a super super? lieutenant he's a lieutenant of Ares. I know that he's like one of Ares demigods or something.
3: Okay, right. but it wasn't Aries, but yeah, somebody Aries yeah. won't come back though, right? And I the they could, so. comics probably, yeah, <laughs> maybe kind of curious.
4: Um, yeah,
3: Wait, so that's true.
2: On,
4: on a, a side, though, uh,
2: uh, sorry, on a side, on a side, though, for, for uh, Mexican American Pride, Linda Cotta half Mexican American.
4: Oh, she is. Cool. Yeah.
2: She is. Nate, pick a celebrity. Don't you know tell you their genealogy. Oh, Mike, the best baseball player in the history of Major League Baseball is half Mexican-American. And you know who that is? Well, it wasn't Babe Ruth, so you're wrong.
1: Ted Williams.
2: Ted Williams is half Mexican-American. Ted
1: Williams ever pitched?
2: No, I said he's the best best player in Major League Baseball. Ted Williams.
3: That's nice. Yeah, it's
2: never you'd never well, well, um I'm trying to piss Mike off. Well, he is the best player ever, but he was I'm the sure best hitter. You damn right he was. You damn right. Ted Williams, <laughs> best. My mother's hero as a kid. I uh, know Paul uh, Molitor anyway,
4: uh, and the uh, uh, '80s uh, brewers were the best.
2: Who was, was that again?
4: Paul Molitor um, in the '80s Brewers. Oh yeah, yeah
2: he was awesome. Yeah, Paul, he was yeah, good. I love, I love, yeah, he was, he was awesome. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah. Yeah, they do some I, I like Billy Martin. Billy Martin was my my man because my mother liked him too because he was because uh, he was Portuguese a American. drunken lunatic. <laughs> no, because she <it> was Portuguese <laughs> American, but but she also said he was a drunken lunatic, so she didn't like him that much. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 he also was good friends with uh, uh, Whitey and Mickey, so that's cool anyway no more baseball stuff all right let's let's wrap it up here because we're about two hours and 20 minutes and so uh we'll give our final thoughts uh so mike why don't you start my friend
1: yeah look i i don't fault someone for enjoying the film um i think some people have gone a little overboard in attacking it and i really get annoyed with the people who take glee in attacking it um and those are i think a lot of the same people who take took glee in attacking like the the star wars films and uh captain marvel and a few other things and i'll I'll just leave that there for people to to read as they will um i think it's a film look i had plenty of criticisms about the script i thought everybody uh on camera was perfectly fine in it i think that it was had certainly a lot of fun moments i think it all could have been very very condensed and tightened to give a more cohesive story and certainly the biggest thing is clarifying plot points as far as the the Wishing Stone and, and what was happening to certain characters and why. Um, but look, overall, it's not a movie I'm going to watch very often. Um, if I ever watch it again, uh, I will probably much more be interested in rewatching um, the first Wonder Woman. Uh, but, you know, I don't think it's a waste of time if you like these types of movies. If you don't like these types of movies, then, well, you know, I, then maybe this isn't the best one to start with. All right, fair enough. Uh, also, Mike, on a
2: side note, Billy Martin should be in the Hall of Fame, and he's one of the best managers ever. <laughs> but anyway, uh, back yeah, I, to Wonder I'd Woman. Uh, for me, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, back to Wonder Woman. Uh, for me, uh, yeah, I liked it a whole lot. Um, I actually, um, would probably watch this one equally with the first one. Uh, because again, the Cheetah character and Christian Wigg was just so awesome in this this film. Um, and I think she's probably the best thing between the two films, her her performance, and, and so I, I would watch it just for that. Um, I'll definitely get it on disc when it comes out on disc, especially if it has it's loaded with extras. Um, and yeah, I, I I thought it was really good and and a fun time. Again, it's a popcorn film, just like the. you know the marvel films or the star wars films or all these other films so you you know you gotta take it that way and if you do um it's it's a big thumbs up and, and and a good time uh
0: barrett um you know it's it's a popcorn movie it's some good fun it has some things i don't like about it um it is definitely not the worst film in the world so i think you know anyone can enjoy this movie and I kind of agree with Mike, there are some people going out of their way to criticize and you know it gets a little ridiculous. um I think my criticisms are mainly in the story and how some of the things are written, but all the acting's good and the action's good, so it's still a fun film.
3: all
2: right, sounds good uh Kevin
3: um i'll let go a lot of what's been said uh it was a fun movie like you said popcorn movie uh i know earlier you know people were complaining a little bit about uh the rope you know just uh how it was a partial whip partial spider-man web i thought it was fun to watch i just um i mean this is wonder woman she's a superhero she can move fast and i just really enjoyed uh, the action um you know, yes, we did have our complaints, primarily with the whole Steve Trevor uh point And uh, um, and the and the guy, the, I'm sorry, I, I, Max Lord's uh, character, you know, could have been a little different. Uh, there's a few parts there that uh, it's, you know, especially after. You know he he realizes he you know he renounces his wish, but then you know he's still kind of the bad guy. Yet he is still flown back in Marine uh, in Marine One, the uh, the the president's helicopter, which I found kind of interesting. Um, but all that aside, I I love the the cameo at the end with Diana with Diana. Ugh. Sorry, I'm getting tired. With um, Linda Carter, I thought. Um, Everybody acted fantastic in the movie. You know, they, they picked good actors to do it. They did a fantastic job. And Christian Weeks from my hometown. Yay. But also <laughs> what I find interesting is looking back on her um, on her IMDB, she primarily is in comedy, which is interesting That's because correct. she was Saturday Night Live. That. Right. Saturday Night Live and a couple other comedy, comedy movies. Oh, uh, she was, Bridesmaids, I think. And, and Ghostbusters. She was one of the the female Ghostbusters. But the thing is, is that it's for a lot of times it's hard for somebody who's in comedy to go into something non-comedy like like a more serious role. And even though this is a superhero movie, uh, my whole point is I, I congratulate her on doing a very good job. And I congratulate her on, um, you know, doing her role very well. And I wonder, because there's a possibility, because obviously she didn't die, um, and if she still has the strength of Diana, maybe she will be back in Wonder Woman 3 as cheetah again but instead of being an actual half human half cheetah maybe just dressing up again or something or just as dresses up dressing up as a cheetah or something but i do hope that uh, christian wig comes back in wonder woman 3 she'll be kind of
2: um immortal too so she wouldn't have to they wouldn't have to age her even if it'll be 40 years later that is true because she would yeah yeah exactly um what, what what i meant was is that uh we've me eric and mike have always discussed that it's actually easier for comedy actors to go into drama rather than vice versa um and mike had some really excellent um explanations on why that is but we, we won't get into that now because we're, we're running late um so i guess it, it depends on your perspective uh that's all um amy i, I really liked it i mean it's
4: it's got lots of It's got lots of issues, but a lot of movies have a lot of issues. (laughs) I mean, they're movies. I kind of go by the um, Mystery Science Theater uh, theme song. It's a a movie to really just relax. Um, And I have fun with it. Um, I don't know. I've I've been, I got to admit, I'm kind of like everybody else this year, looking for something to just kind of bring me up a little bit and be a little more fun. And so I didn't come at it with as much of a critical eye until watching it the second or third time. But I liked it. I thought it was a fun movie.
2: All right. Very good. Um, Yeah, uh, Kevin, uh, did you know that uh, Linda Carter, the reason she kind of disappeared uh, from cinema was because she retired and she became like a born-again
3: Christian. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that.
2: Yeah, yeah and that's why. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, so, so that, that was just some trivia about about her background. It wasn't because she people just typecast her or they just she fell out of favor or something. It, it was her, her own choice. So, well, I yeah. wondered
3: if tired because she had a kid and she wanted to be the mo- mother. I mean, people do that, that too. Was part of it as well. Yep, that no. was part
2: of it. Yep, it was all inclusive. Yep, the whole thing. Yep. So, um, so good for her. Absolutely. Um, okay. So anyway. Uh, um, so that was uh, Wonder Woman 1984. You can see it until, uh, I guess, January 25th, if, if they're doing the whole month thing, but they may just go all the way to January 31st. I, I have no idea. But either way, it's it's going to be there for a few more weeks. Uh, so check it out then. Um, for folks who are curious, um, uh, uh, you can catch myself, Kevin, and Barrett on... A Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires podcast. A weekly episodes of the TV show, A Discovery of Witches. And then you can catch me and Barrett on the television show, um, or I should say the podcast on the television show, The Stand Called. Don't tell me, I'll tell you, The Stand podcast. Uh, so those are weekly
0: until... What was that, about? you You broke up. Add on to that, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> right, right.
2: Yeah, we're, we're just uh, re- critiquing each episode of, of the miniseries. Uh, so that will go on until the end of the miniseries, which is end of February, and then Discovery Witches Season 2 until mid-March. Uh, so this podcast will then go into hiatus. Uh, also, you can check out myself and Mike uh, on uh, the Dark Discussions podcast, uh, which just a weekly podcast we do, and uh, thank you for Amy for, for joining us. She does uh, generally a monthly or bi monthly podcast um, when when she's able, uh, entitled as she mentioned earlier, "Fishnets and Phantoms" podcast, uh, which is a esoteric. Uh, what, what, what's what's your line again? A, um, a oh, cool it's, a, it's
4: a, a post punk look into media and uh, genre music. Um, yeah, genre music. That's right, post-punk, uh,
2: yeah. post-punk, yeah. yeah. And you can find all those on darkdiscussions.com um, and whatnot. And uh, so I guess with all that stated, uh, Mike, why don't you lead us on?
1: So thank you once again for listening to this episode of the podcast to discuss Wonder Woman 1984, among other issues that we've hashed out about superhero films and superheroes and the magnificence of Linda Carter uh, and Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig. Uh, and Patty Jenkins and everybody else who's involved in making the film. Uh, even if, if again, it's, I think the consensus is there's some fun to be had and some flaws to be had, and then it's a matter of how much you let those annoy you and how much you enjoy the things that you love. Um, please join us again on our next podcast on any one of the various Dark Discussions podcasts, the 387 now podcast uh, on the Dark Discussions podcast page. You can find us at darkdiscussionspod.com, and we hope to hear from you soon.
5: for you and the power you possess in your satin tight fighting for your rights and and the old red, red white and blue A heart the one